everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're, li- and you're listening to Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. <laughs> This is uh, episode 36 of the podcast, and it's going to be quite a doozy. I'll tell you about that in just a second. I'm going to forego the whole social media preamble just real quick to uh, tell you to maybe really uh, come join our Twitch. Uh, Last weekend, I think it was, Mm -hmm. we spent a good piece of the weekend uh, streaming uh, our current co-op game, Code Vein. Uh, Code Vein is not the best example of something to stream because we honestly don't like the game that much, but we're going to stream it and probably beat it anyway. Along with that, I went ahead and made a uh, Discord channel because somebody said uh, it's a good way to uh, communicate with audio to people. I don't know what all Discord does, but I assume it's just for communicating with uh, your friends and maybe listeners of podcasts because we can't get both of our voices to play on the audio of twitch for some reason because it's stupid because we're playing we're, we're streaming directly through the console and we don't have like a capture card or anything on a pc yeah but it's, dumb that, it's just to. dumb that it can't play both of our voices so a lot of the time right now if we can't get discord to work uh our twitch channel will most likely be you hearing maybe hearing blake we may alternate but it might be like you hearing blake and i'll be running the chat probably or something like that to keep it Keep both of us involved with it. But anyway. Keep it uh, fresh. Yeah. Like the young kids say these days. Yeah, well, no, ain't nobody going to come over here. Um, but yeah, Twitch. You know, uh, Twitch. Uh, two Smoky Controllers. And the Discord channel is also Two Smoky Controllers. That's the word, Two Smoky Controllers. And we're going to have, we're gonna try to do that more often. Have more fun with that. Because, uh, you know, everybody's streaming. And we want to be cool. Because we're... We're cool. We're not old fogies at all. Right. <laughs> Enough time wasted on that. So, in this episode, we're going to do... Uh, we haven't done any, something uh, like this in a while. We're going to do three games. Um, but it's going to be three games from the same series. Uh, we've Me and Blake talked off podcast of how to do this. We didn't know if we wanted to do two games an episode and eventually have a bunch of episodes of this to do three games or do one game. Because of the size of the series. So this three game idea might be bad. We've kind of set it up the way we want to do it. We, this might end up being a very long episode. We're not sure exactly how it's going to pan out. But because the game the game has the series has so many games. We wanted to kind of do it in as few episodes as possible. We don't like to really drag things out. We haven't actually played the rest of the series yet because it's not on Game Pass, though it's on the way. Uh, So what we're going to talk about today is the Yakuza series, namely uh, Yakuza 0, uh, Kiwami 1, and Kiwami 2.
There, uh, there's a kind of way we have it set up. We're going to talk about a particular theme, not a theme, topic, a, a topic, and then we're going to kind of kind of bounce across the three games in that topic, and then change topics and bounce across the three games. It's planned loosely. Uh, we'll see if that works. And I think my voice just cracked back there. I must have just hit puberty. It's taken a long time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, let Blake take it away because he wants to. He wanted to talk about the developer because it's been the as far as I know, it's been it always has been and always will be the same developer uh, handling the Yakuza series. All right. The developer is known currently as Ryu Ga Gotoku Studios or Studio rather. Originally, they were an in-house team called Sega CS1, which was a... It's a clever name. It was a just a classification for research and development. That's all they were. Well, yeah. You know, uh, if you, if you, list, if you um, think about... If you look up developers for internal Square, Square and Ubisoft and uh, mainly Nintendo, it's like you get, like, who developed this? Nintendo R&D 2. Exactly. Like you yeah. just get these janky, just this, this names of teams that aren't even really companies. Like, it's companies just, within the companies. It's like, kind, of, it's kind of lame. That they designations they don't get, and they don't their own identity really. But a quick breakdown was for Yakuza one and two. It was just considered developed by Sega. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Then between three to Dead Souls is when they became their own team, which was the Sega. CS1. Yeah, 3, 2. Uh, de- where, where does Dead Souls take place in the series? Did you find out? I think it's uh, like right before 5. So it, five. It'd, be, it'd be 3, 4. Dead Souls and 5 and 6. Yeah, well, and there's also a few ones in the middle. Um, there's the uh, Enshin. The yeah. And I think that was it. Well, yeah, those games we really wish would come to America. Oh, God, me, I hope so. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those later. I'll get, those would be in the cool facts section near the end of the thing. Yeah. And then it wasn't until they were actually Ryuga Gotoku where they actually did Binary Domain, Yakuza 056, no, Kwame 1, Kwame 2, and then Judgment, and then went on to do, uh, as well as Super Monkey Ball. They were the team behind Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, that director is... Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm surprised there's not. I guess because you know, maybe he don't have the right to. It. I'm surprised. We'll we'll talk about it here in, inside the Yakuza games because there's a lot of mini games that are Sega games. I'm surprised there's no Super Monkey Ball posters. There's no nothing. I, I was like, well, they just not let him have any Monkey Ball pictures for this game. Well, look, there's at, so much other Sega stuff inside these games. Yeah, some people are just uh, I guess real picky about certain things. Like, Sega, look at Sega, Sega. I mean, you think they would want to have? There, there's no. There's no Sonic. There's no nothing. I think thinking about it, they didn't let him put anything up in here. Well, maybe I mean, they, besides, maybe they were too big, and they didn't want. Oh no! Well, it only makes sense for Zero because of the time period. They they kind of posted stuff within the time period because the first guess, game is in the '80s. And Monkey Ball wasn't out in the '80s. I guess that is true. That does make. But a then lot the, of sense. the other the other later games are, take place later. So you like, think they would all of a sudden there would be Monkey Ball posters? Anyway, you, you play like yeah, some of the mini games. We'll get to those when we get to the mini game part. Yeah, but uh, I get sidetracked. But I know there's so much. Yeah, but uh, I think in total they've done 14 games. Yeah, 
officially. They've still, done more. Still going. They've done more, but they weren't uh, yeah, Ryuga Gotoku. So currently, they have obviously the new Yakuza Like a Dragon, which has been super successful. They, I, I don't know if you saw it on the internet. They have announced they have already started working on another game. Fantastic. Yes. I, I can't remember what it, if the articles if if the per, if the thing I saw said it was Yakuza or they're just working on another game. It'd be cool if they're working on like a an actual like a a turn base that had nothing to do with like like a cool like an actual like JRPG or something yeah. like. Well, we, we're gonna get off topic, but like you know how that you know how there's the Yakuza game that's based in the past. If they did a Yakuza turn base oh based in the past, how I cool would love would, how that. Cool would that be? That would be anyway. fantastic. Cool. That's awesome. Love the company. We're, we've become big, big fans. If it's, I mean, it's not really a, spo- there's no spoilers, but like, uh, well, we might spoil the game. There's no spoilers. We, uh, starting with Zero, we quickly became very big fans oh, yeah. of the company. I was hooked within like, I don't know, within like the first 10 hours. I was like, this is amazing. Like, as soon as you hit like the first big story beat and you realize who Kiryu actually actually is yeah, we'll get to that yeah, yeah. and uh joe uh if you're listening he's probably shaking his head right now because uh he tried to get us to play this back in the not zero because zero wasn't out but uh y'all because of one and two back in the playstation two days he's probably shaking his head like i told you so you stupid fools but we were i don't know less mature or more or less likely we were I don't think I would have enjoyed it. I'd be like, what is this? Well, this is it helps because it is, in a, this, I don't know where you would have mentioned it at, the game, uh, all the way up until I think Judgment, uh, I think Judgment was the first of the of the series to uh, have any English in it. Well, I think the, the original PlayStation said English. Did they? He has an English voice actor, some dude named Daryl. For, for, or for uh, Kiryu? Okay. Oh, that's weird because there's no English at all in the ones we played. So, honestly, Maybe they know. abandoned it or something. Probably. So even if we tried to play it back in the day, if there was no English, we wouldn't have even touched it. But now I cannot. I won't even. Uh, both both uh, Judgment and Yakuza Like a Dragon both have English cast, and I will not play either one of those games in English. I don't think I will either. No, I won't because it's. I'm just. I'm. I'm too invested into the style and the language of the games now. Oh yeah. But anyway. So we're gonna. Dip into is that, sorry. Is that I know I keep getting sidetracked because it's the games are exciting. Is that? I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, like I said, like the fourteen games, but most of them are yeah. Yakuza titles. It's the same. Uh, I know you probably get dig deep to like directors and stuff. It's the same. The guy, the guy, kind of directed. It's kind of the just same different. core team, yeah. and it you know it kind of expands and grows as they're needed. But the 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 people who work on Yakuza are always the people who have worked on Yakuza. Awesome. That's yeah. from what, what I could tell. They they get extra people, but the core team always stays the same because they want the games to be yeah. the reason they're successful. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Maybe. Well, you no, know, they add a lot of stuff, but it's usually the uh, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's see. So, I guess from that from the intro of the developer, we will switch. If we keep this, I know we're already branching out because we're we, you, you just get excited. Oh yeah. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is uh, the kind of the genre of the game, and that'll kind of lead into the the the, the way combat is. Mm-hmm. It's a a third person Just action adventure action yeah, beat 'em up. Yeah, beat 'em up. Yeah, with a pseudo RPG because you level up and you get these little skill points. Yeah, well, well, the way the way the leveling up and stuff works, we'll talk, we talk about. 
uh, is different. They keep changing it. Exactly. In in the three games, <laughs> they've changed it every game. Oh, just real quick, so people don't get confused. Uh, we're doing zero, Kwame one, and Kwame two. Mm. Kwame one and Kwame two are just super remakes of the PlayStation 2 of game. the PlayStation originals, y- Yakuza one and Yakuza two. So we'll say Kwame one and Kwame two, but that's Yakuza one and Yakuza two. And one kind of cool side note is Kwame means extreme. And so they added some extra stuff, and they make a point of sometimes you go into a Kawami mode where you do like some sort of crazy super move. Yeah. But I just wondered, so there was no confusion. It's that's what that is. But we're jumping into the genres. Is like a, it's a pseudo open world action battle beat 'em up slight RPG. Yeah. I think that would be the yeah. best way to describe it's an RPG it. RPG elements. I mean, it's probably nowhere near the RPG of uh, Like a Dragon. It definitely dives more into the RPG with between ze- from uh, zero, one, and two, because two definitely has you leveling up and gaining skill points like a sphere grid style, and you pick where you want it to go and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know it's changed drastically, but I don't remember each of the each of the individual systems. I know zero had a lot more. Um, a lot more of the fighting styles, like individual fighting styles that stuck around yeah. it. And it kind of got, I feel like it was a little less in Kiwami, and then they just dropped it completely in Kiwami too. Because how the, how the battle systems go, we'll speak about, because you have two generally main characters, but one is definitely more main than the other, for the yeah, most part. People might get offended if you say that. Yeah, I don't know. Because one's definitely a leading man. Because yeah. we we follow Kazuma Kiryu and, and Goro Majima. Yeah. And in Zero, the traditional Yakuza game length is about 12 chapters. But they bumped it up to, I think, 16 in Zero. Because I believe in Zero was the first time in the game history, I think. Because mm-hmm. I'm not too familiar was you play both you bounce back and forth through the story as Kiryu and Majima. So you don't play as Majima? You don't play Majima at all in one. That's right. But you see him a bunch. You, you don't see play. him a whole bunch and you interact with him but you don't actually get to play as yeah, him. Yeah, and in then one. and then Kiwami 2, they added they on. added they added the Majima stories, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I completely completely just like glazed over my mind that I didn't play as Majima in 2 and 3. And we just interacting with with him so yeah. much. Yeah. And so how that works is in the first one. That's probably why Zero is so long compared it, to the other two. Exactly. So it has extra length to it. It gave it eight chapters apiece. Hmm. And then, well, no. I think it may be longer than that. I think it was seven. No, I think it was seven chapters apiece and then a final chapter where you bounce back and forth with them the entire chapter because like you're doing the, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the battle system's for the first one. <laughs> so I'm trying not to, I'm trying to stay on because otherwise this will be like four hours. But the first battle system is each character has three distinct fighting styles. Yes, very distinct. Very distinct. Oh, four technically, but the fourth one doesn't get unlocked until later on in the game. Mm-hmm. But for Kiryu, you have uh, Brawler, which is just kind of like him street boxing. Yeah. Or it's not even that. It's like he can pick up some stuff, throw it, and just kind of hit people. He's it's just his standard. Yeah. And then you have Rush, where he is literally a boxer. He doesn't do. It's just. It's a high-speed, low-damage type thing, super high DPS. And then his third one is called Beast, 
which is was my favorite because he just Grab gives motorcycles. <laughs> he just get, the whole point of that was using everything around you as a weapon in fast succession. I wish uh, thinking back because he grabbed motorcycles. I wish because you do you can grab and throw people. I think thinking back wouldn't it be awesome that when you knock somebody down, say you knocked knock knock this guy out. That if you kept on attacking, that you would just grab that guy by the leg and just start swinging him around like mad. That, that, wouldn't that be hilarious? Some, that's what some of your heat actions are. Well, the heat not, actions, well, yeah. yeah. But, but, but you know how he just grabs it. He'll, he'll just grab a motorcycle and just start swinging it like a madman. Anything nearby. Yeah. Signposts, bicycles, motorcycles, carts, flagpoles. Anything in Kitty's hands is a weapon. And then his, including his hands. And then his final one. Is called the the dragon or the dragon of Dojima. Yeah, but you won't get that. You won't unlock that until a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So now, f- and that's just kind of like a bit of everything, but it seems to be a little bit more feet. I think the dragon of Dojima seems to be a bit more feety. Yeah, maybe. And so now we're going to switch over to Majima. Majima, his three distinct fighting styles. They do do a cool thing. They're color coded to help you figure out like certain enemies might be weaker or stronger to specific, mm-hmm. and they kind of give off their own little heat action aura, and so you know what to use against. I thought, they were, I thought they were more like uh, single enemy focused and like crowd control focused a little bit. See, yeah, generally, but some enemies needed to be stun locked or something, and only one class had the the actual stun punch ability yeah, or stun yeah, yeah. kick ability, and for. Majima's Majima's three fighting styles they're similar to all of Kiryu's where there's like a a mix a speed one and then like kind of a crowd control one hmm. and then he, he has his quote unquote legends style which is his main one he uses through most of the game series oh, yeah. but his are slugger thugger breaker and then uh, mad dog of Shimano yeah and those are like so, so. What's each one do? Okay, what each one does is the um, the slugger is he uses a baseball bat like a pair of nunchucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he does it. He just does. That's wild. And then the thugger, I actually don't remember thugger all too much because I didn't. Is that his pink one? Yeah, his thugger is the the fast one, mm-hmm. and I, I I just don't. I never used it. I didn't. I, I used it when I had to. Yeah. I don't remember it that much. Hmm. But Breaker, again, because the 80s was really big for this, was actually breakdancing slash capoeira fighting. I think that's the one you, besides... That was the yellow one, the crowd control besides one. Besides switching to his legend one, that was like, I feel like that was the really one to go to. I, I, I used the bat used the bat one a bunch. Cause, oh, yeah. Because the sound of him batting people, the bing, bing. And the fact that his bat, he had a, spe- he had a special bat, it was unbreakable. Yeah. It never broke. Yeah, every other weapon in the game breaks, yeah. For the most part. There's only one other weapon I know about, but you have to like hit people with it like a hundred or two hundred times to make it break, and then once you repair it, then it's the ultimate weapon in the game. Yeah. And then his final style, which is the Mad Dog style, Mad Dog of Shimano, he just goes bananas with his signature knife, and he gets to really let out his crazy a little bit. It's awesome. So it's real funny. Yeah. uh, People sometimes say he's overpowerful. Overpowered in that final style. Oh, yeah. you get to play as that style again, finally. Because when you play, you get the bonus chapters of him in Kiwami 2. He has his Mad Dog style. And it's so dramatically, like when you're fighting regular people, they just don't know, can't nobody handle the way he moves. Because it is literally, it's uh, what's the perfect example I can say? Uh, 
For anyone who knows... You say like a mad dog? Well, no, I was going to say, think of it like guerrilla warfare, but from one person, <laughs> and he's hitting everyone at the same time somehow. Yeah. Because he just, he just lashes out like he'll, he'll be over here, he'll fight one guy on the left, and then with his foot be kicking the guy who's behind him on the left, and then flip over, and then he's punching that guy and kicking another guy. He's just all over the place. It's wild. And it's he has his... Uh, I don't know if his knife has a name or not, but he has it in every iteration. Yeah. He always just... <laughs> and pulls it out like Waluigi style. That's kind of how he laughs. And then the final part of combat, really the most important part, that people will probably will remember about combat is heat actions. Heat actions. Uh, usually the combo finishers... Uh, you know, square, 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 triangle, which is the ultimate combat move that anybody uses in any action-based RPG, or not even RPG, but action-based combat. It's light, 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 heavy, and it just seems to go very well. Do you have a, a heat bar you fill up, and that allows you to do the real cray-cray stuff? Yeah, which, for Kiddyu, I'm going to take a quote from another podcast that I forget which one. Was that Kane and Rince, I think? Yeah. Where they said Kiddyu doesn't like to kill people yeah but similar it, it, it's, in, it's in his character he, yeah he has his own it's, it's just his moral comp he don't like to yeah. really kill people but kitty doesn't like to kill people similar to batman he has no problem leaving them with life-altering injuries yes <laughs> <laughs> i love it it's he doesn't, doesn't kill. now but majima will kill folks oh yeah majima has no qualms killing but folk. kiru uh, has a thing i forget if he ever talks about it or if it's just, it's just kind of inherently built in his character. He's not about killing, but he will yeah. uh, hospitalize you. He will murder people's faces. Yeah. And real quick, it just in Zero, because like I said, we've only played Zero, Quang 1, and Quang 2. Just in Zero is for each person's fighting style, they have a particular master, except for their, except for their legends style, which is the dragon and mad dog. The other three apiece, there's specific teachers that you go to and do certain subquests and stories and talk to them and learn moves and build them up. They drop that yeah, in completely. both one and two, albeit one and two came first, and I guess they didn't want to add those into the game. Yeah, which makes sense. But you have access to all of Kitty's yeah, fighting we, styles. Did we forget to yeah. So we we we, oh, right, we may have forgot to mention that zero actually comes. Though chronologically zero is the first game, uh, I feel like it. You know when it came out? Actually, it came out either bef right before or right after five. Okay, so zero. I believe pretty later. So they have, but you know they have done made a bunch of Yakuza games before they made zero. So there's a bunch of stuff added in zero, and a bunch of foreshadowing and stuff in zero. But we'll move on to that. We forgot, we forgot to mention that zero wasn't actually wasn't technically the first Yakuza game at all because. The timelines for each one is Yakuza 0 takes place over the course of two months, uh, December 1988 to January 1989. And then with uh, Kiwami 1 and Kiwami 2, they, they only take place a year apart, but they're in 2005 and 2006, respectively. Okay. So there's a large year jump, but it makes sense with the story. We're going to try not to spoil that too much for people yeah. when we get to it. Yeah. Now, the fighting styles for Kiwami 1, I liked it. It was good. Mm -hmm. And it... It was more the same styles. It just wasn't as... It was more the same styles, but there was no masters to go to. You had almost all the skills. Yeah. 
Except for you had the one master, that and dude. And of, you started with the legend, legend ones, right? He started with all of them, but you started uh, his. It, it became more of a uh, a sphere grid similar to that of Zero, mm -hmm. but as you leveled up and completed sub stories and added all the restaurants, so on and so forth, then you got to upgrade and st you know spread your sphere grid out. Yeah. And then again, still there was one master that you went to, and he unlocked a lot of extra. Was it Komaki? Yeah. The Komaki school of whatever. And then in two, I felt that the combat was fine. Combat was fine. You, you, you kind of was more of. Well, they 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 dragged it all down to one style. Yeah, well, his it was his uh, dragon style, mm -hmm. which is fine, but they also changed it more to uh, the sphere grid was different it changed it to it was body mind and soul mm -hmm. and then actual it was quartered and one gave you more heat gauge one gave you more physical abilities attack and hp one gave you access to more combos i believe mm -hmm. and the other one was kind of where all like the training well no one was like all the weapons the weapon type masteries and stuff like that they, they, you can use certain weapon types longer and so on and so forth however this would be the jumping off point for the next section is as the graphics in my opinion increased and the gameplay in general got better i guess there was too much rendering other stuff so for me and i, I think drew will agree is the wacky crazy heat actions got less and less and by the time i got to two i felt well, that the heat actions had been watered down a lot they weren't I, as... I feel like it dropped off a cliff after Kiwami 1. I feel like yeah. Kiwami 1 was still pretty bombacious. Like yeah. It was pretty wild. Combat was just bonkers. Cray cray. And then, like, when you get to play it, run around, run around Kiwami uh, 2, there's just there's no variety in, in the heat actions anymore. Like, you you feel like that, uh, you know, we're, not, we're, we're exaggerating, but between 0 and Kiwami 1, when you're in combat and you hit the heat action button, you swear you when you're playing that you almost. You almost won't. You almost. You won't ever see the same heat action twice. That's not true, but it, a lot. A lot of your combat situations feel like you won't even see the same heat action twice in the same, in the same combat. You know, oh, yeah. in the same fight, depending on where you're standing and blah blah blah. You know where you're standing. How many guys are left? If you're holding something, your heat action's always changing. Or if which technically it supposedly it does still do that in Kiwami too. But there's. I feel like the actual available the available heat actions is dramatically lower and makes combat uh, seem a lot a lot less more inter, uh, entertaining though uh, as we we'll get to graphics on the next section but like Kwame 2 I feel like it looks even better than zero like Kwame Kwame 2 looks incredible even the combat there's extra like flashes to combat graphical flashes but there's just not as much to the combat anymore. Well, the comp the the base combat was about the same. It, it was the the heat actions that took the big yeah, hit. They just, they just tapered off. I don't know what it was. There was a bunch of uh they 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 put in a bunch of heat actions where there's like people nearby, like you do a sub story, which we'll talk about sub stories on another section. Yeah. But uh, so you do a sub story and somebody helps you, and then they then if you're standing if you uh if you're in nearby them and you heat action. They toss you an item or something like they that. They toss you a weapon. A weapon of some sort, but all those heat actions ended up being. This, a lot of those are the same heat action. Just like he, with he just, a, they, they toss uh, you an item. Swap. Yeah, pallets or pallet skin yeah, swap. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Well, skin swap is a different item. A pallet's a different color. So we'll do a skin swap. He'll toss you like a 
just, they just talk to an item, and but Kiryu does the same action. So it made it really lame. Like, every time somebody's like, you, you hit the button, and somebody's like, Kiryu, and they toss you something, like, oh, cool. And then, and then but he would do the same, the trip and smash, where he swings yeah. over their legs and then smashes it over them. What was, all, was every item he got? Yeah, I did. I don't and know. every kind of uh, stick or pole or based weapon or any kind of like a sign or sometimes you'd even think, "Ooh, I'm gonna grab something weird like a like a traffic cone and see a cool new heat action," which would have been a separate heat action in other games. Yeah, trip and smash. Like it was just like and then slam. It's like, it's like have they lost their mojo or just don't care anymore or they were so we worry because when we get to graphics that uh the graph the, like, like Kwame two. I think it's on on a new engine, and Kwame 2 looks dramatically different. There's a lot of other things that that game does that the other two games don't do. And I wonder if they had so much effort and development time put into the graphics and the uh, the additional way you you kind of move about. Well, we'll get to it. The way you move yeah. about the two towns, there's there's some noticeable differences, and I wonder if they were so focused on that and the look that they kind of like maybe ran out of time and like couldn't really put as much into the combat system of Kiwami 2 as they wanted to. Which, I mean, at least, I, I was annoyed by it, but at least it makes all three games play fairly differently. Yeah. At least in the combat. I mean, I mean, you are, if you're playing on easy like we are, if you're big babies and you play on easy, there's just a lot of mash and square. Well, we switched to, uh, oh crap, we, we, we did uh, play, we both played Zero on PlayStation 4. I played Kiwami 1 on PlayStation 4, and right about when I was about halfway through Kiwami 1, they're like, oh, Yakuza's coming to Xbox. And I was like, oh. So I've played Kiwami 1 and 2 on the Xbox. Yeah, and I, and play, I played Kiwami 2 on Xbox. And it has been... So, it's, so it was square, 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 now it's XXX. XXXY. <laughs> that's, the, that's the ultimate move. Yeah. That's the perfect starter move, and it works out the entire game. And occasionally, you might need to hit B to do like the stun punch or the stun kick. Regardless, we'll, we might talk about heat actions a little bit later when we get to some of the stuff stories and mini games because it does get involved. Yeah. But we're um, going to Other move. than uh, we're still in kind of genre and stuff, and uh, I guess. More on general gameplay, real quick. Before we move on to uh, sub stories, cool. that that general gameplay can lead into sub stories. Uh, are we or done graphics. talking about the graphics? Well, yeah, no, we'll do graphics next. I guess I'm kind of. I'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll stick with your order there. Yeah. But I do want to talk about the the general gameplay because we talk about just fighting. Because I mean, in Yakuza, there's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of fighting. That's uh, what you're doing. You're usually beating the hell out. of That's how they solve most of their problems. Whether Kiru wants to solve it that way or not, he's even forced into a lot of combat situations where people then regret being in a combat situation with Kiryu. But uh, but the general, so there's, I think in all three games, you touch both towns, right? Some has a lighter touch, but I do believe so. So the main thing, and everybody usually blows everybody's mind, the entire series of Yakuza is generally based in one small part of a, of a city. One fictional part. It's a fictional part. It's based on real stuff, but it's uh, based uh, based on a real place, I think. But the the whole uh, whole game is based majority, but it's most uh, based in uh, Kamarucho. Yeah, Kamarucho. Uh, and they've made seven games. Actually, even Judgment is in Kamarucho. It's the last game because finally in Yakuza Seven they changed towns. But you, uh, you have six, so eight games, including. Dead six. Souls, 
oh, Judgment. Well. Yeah, I'm not counting. I forget for the offshoot. And even Like a Dragon starts in Kamadocho. Oh, does it? And then it goes Probably to store. his actual city. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the prologue so is it's, set It's crazy. You had a whole bunch of games based in uh, one town. So as you play all the way through Zero, it's interesting. And then you play for Kiwami, and you're like, oh, I mean, I know all this. But they somehow, instead of it being boring, they make it just feel like familiar and kind of welcoming even though it's a messed up town with murder and betrayal and shooting and stabbing and all this stuff when you first start walking around i feel like when i walked around in kiwami one i was like i'm back yeah you know back well, kamarucho one of the cool things about kamarucho well, we have kamarucho yes and then we have the second i guess it's sister city yeah which is uh sotenbori yeah which is mostly where uh you find out in the in zero is really where uh Majima's from, I guess, more well, or, he less, was, or, or he was banned to go. To, he, he was, was like, banned there, but we'll yeah. worry about that in a minute. But it's it's like a character. As, as dumb as that statement is, the mm. city is like a character. Same thing as saying that like Serenity from Firefly is a character, or the Ishimura from De- Dead Space is like one of the characters, because it's there. Yeah. And it grows as the story goes, because like I said, it starts with Zero. It started in the 80s. And then to see the difference from the city there versus two and one and two, mm-hmm. and even the difference between one and two is certain things weren't cool a year later, certain fads, and so they were faded into nothingness. Yeah. They, they, it was replaced with something new. And just the overall graphic style, it definitely shoots for a realism. Like everything oh, yeah. is it's uh, as real as it can be. And like the graphics, it's progressively more and more gorgeous. Yeah. And they're definitely, because in Zero, as well as One, Kiwami One, is like you would walk to a door and there'd be like a brief loading screen and then like a, a scene of the door opening and him going inside and then a brief loading screen of you being inside. It was just kind of like a bup, bup, bup for rendering power, right? I guess. Is this, this is how they kept the, uh, it's minimal minimal loading, I feel like, in the, in the other games, depending on if you go inside a, a bigger building, maybe. Yeah. But... The, I didn't see a huge, huge difference between Zero and Kwame One. I saw a difference, but it wasn't like, like jaw dropping. It was a difference. I swear, it's been so long. A little bit. I feel like now, but I feel like that Zero was probably a better looking game than Kwame. But I don't know the development order. Cause it's well, weird because it's one it's, and two. Well, Kwame One and Two came after Zero. Okay, so maybe they were already on. Because there's an engine jump for Kwame too. Exactly. So the timing for me is is weird because I don't. I guess maybe Zero and Kwame One do look very similar and play like the general exploring, getting around the town looks very, uh, very similar. And then, right? Yes. Well, the with it's called the Dragon Engine, and it's a they built it specifically for Yakuza. When, like, when did that was that in Yakuza Six? I believe it's Judgment and now Kwame Two. He either started in five or started in six. I'm pretty sure it started in six. Yeah, and it would go six, Kwame One. No, no, Kwame Two, uh, Judgment, Judgment, and, and then like a dragon, like a dragon. Yeah, very confusing because they got so many games and they were yeah. remaking games while they were making new games and. <laughs> but uh, but there's really nothing. Uh, even the graphics in in Zero and Kiwami One are perfectly fine. They're uh, just, you're kind of what you get for like a PlayStation Four 
or Xbox One yeah. quality graphics. Nothing looks, nothing looks especially crappy. The they put a lot of a, uh, you'll notice because of uh, the amount of characters in the game and stuff like that, the amount of personality and characters. There is a lot more focus, I feel like, on what people look like. There's so many distinct people. Well, they use a lot of character models. They use a lot of actual people. Oh, really? A lot of actual people. Like, in one of the mini games, mm -hmm. in a later one, the Majima Construction, mm -hmm. all the uh, the four wise men or whatever they were, I forget their actual names, but they were all, each, in the credits, were like, so-and-so as himself so and so as like they actually use that person's name in real life as their ca game character because okay, so they're like famous yeah, or something famous Japanese people that we just don't know yeah. yeah like whether like they're actors or they're actual martial artists or something yeah. they just they used a lot of real people and that's mm -hmm. why their faces look so good because they're they're you know they're whatever uh, they cast or scanned or whatever I feel like the again we referenced the podcast a bunch but I feel like I was li watching uh, listening to Caden Rents and they had mentioned um I don't know if it was one of the Yakuza games. It was either one of the Yakuza games or one of the, some, some other game that used real people. And they said sometimes when you're playing a game that uses a mix a mix between real people and made up people, you can always tell because the real people look like people and it makes the made up people look like more fake. Oh yeah, you're like, no one's that symmetrical. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. You yeah. should have some flaws in there. So they, they can always tell. And I feel like maybe even... Uh, I don't think about it so much. You don't really think about it in Yakuza, but I feel like if you stood them side by side, like this guy was an actual actor and this guy we kind of made up, you would be able to tell. I, well, I think you can tell, especially in certain things yeah. like S ranks versus the A, B, and C rank things yeah. in some of the mini games. But this would be the last thing of graphics is with the Dragon Engine introduction into Kiwami 2. Uh, it's. It loads. I would say it's no. I only go to for, for, before you go to loading, because uh, you got the, the 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 chance. You went straight from Kiwami One into Kiwami Two, and I told you, I think you were I was, maybe doing something something else. I was finishing I, up another game, uh, and I had turned on Kiwami Two, and even in my memories, the jump from Kiwami One to Kiwami Two, the graphic jump is staggering. Oh we're, yeah, we're talking like. People talk about as as game developers work across a generation, the difference between the, the PlayStation Four game at the beginning of the generation and a PlayStation Four game at the end of a generation. Yeah, it's really almost what Kwame between Kwame One and Kwame Two probably is. Uh, Kwame One maybe looks better than a, a you know a, a first year PlayStation Four it's like game. It's mid tier. Yeah, maybe a mid tier, but still, even though when I first turned on. When I first started, when I, the open, I first walked in Kamarucha for the first time in Kwame 2, I was like, this is not the same. No. And I called Blake in, and he was, and you were, I think, at the time you may have only played Zero, probably. I, 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 or, I was, I was had just finished or, or working my way through Kwame 1, I think. Yeah. And I was like, you gotta come look at this. And I don't think you, were, you weren't as stunned as I was, because it's, but it's dramatic it's like, very dramatic difference. like it's it's wild they kind of uh and then uh, they kind of uh for some reason they kind of uh move the camera a little bit too they kind of pull the camera down i feel like a little bit because they want you to be more immersed in the city yeah so the camera camera was normally a, a little a little higher above you but still third person obviously they pull it down to not quite over the shoulder but it's it's real close yeah they pull it down and move it closer i feel like and you wouldn't really notice i mean if Guess you would notice if you play. I mean, if you play all the games, you'll notice all of a sudden 
because you get really familiar running around the town. So you get kind of familiar with the way things look and how things are set up, and all of a sudden you play a new game and the camera's down and closer. But Tomarucho, it's wild because it's it's the same town. You know it's the same town. You recognize everything. It's got the same street names. It's got the yeah, same yeah. layout. But there's a lot of neon in Kamarucho. It's a, it's kind of a party town. Well, it does do a very distinct daytime nighttime cycle. Yes. Or not cycles, but daytime nighttime sequences. Sequences, yeah. But uh, you will notice when you call me too that uh, all the way everything is popping, all the neons popping, uh, even the uh, how Kiryu's character model and everything. But but mostly when you first walk into Kamarucho that first time, it's gonna blow your mind especially if you just played Kiwami 1 I feel like and that's the probably the power of their new their new engine and it's it's uh, I just there's just no words for how uh kind of like kind of kind of knocked back I was I was like this is ridiculous like this looks night and day for graphics you know eventually I, I get I, I acclimate and I get used to it and then it, it, I'm just back in Kamarucho again but at that first walking around I was like they've done some work yeah, like, they have, and it's uh, I feel like all of that additional work is what kind of was led to maybe Kiwami. I, I don't know behind closed doors, but it feels like that's what maybe led to Kiwami to not having as much involvement in the how much combat there was. Yeah, and another thing, if I think Blake's been trying to lead to, is uh, you're in zero in Kiwami one when you're walking inside. Uh, there's all kinds of restaurants and bars and. All of this, all of these things, these little soul stores and stuff like that. They have doors, and I feel like the the old games used doors maybe as low, like like quick loading screens and Kinda stuff like, like that. Like Capcom, like Resident Evil, when you open a door, like yeah. loading well, any screen. game that has yeah. any game that has doors, uh, spoilers. Any game that has doors like that, they're just hiding loading screens. The Mass Effect elevators. Yeah, Mass Effect <laughs> elevators, stuff like that. Sorry to get you behind the scenes of how video games work. If you're, if you're opening a bunch of doors, or sometimes even walking down stairs. Uh, they're hiding loading screens from you, so games still load until that. Well, until now, I guess when you get the new Xbox and the PlayStation, loading screens are it's supposed gone. to be a thing of the past. Yeah, with solid state drives. Anyway, technical stuff, but but they manage that now. It's, it appears that uh, both uh, Kamarocho and Sotenbori they are separate seats, but they load. When they load, it's all one map now. Like it, so, when you walk into a store. Or walk into uh, buildings, you're not doing door loading screens. You're just walking right you just, into. You're you hear just the walking. bell and yeah, the you door hear the opens. bell and you walk right into the place now. Ding ding. Like, and the door opens. Yeah, it's so uh, it's hard to explain how different that feels because you spent uh, zeros dramatically longer than Kiwami, but you spend by now if you've played a bunch, you've probably spent maybe around 150 or more hours. It sounds staggering, but 150 or more hours you've spent in Kamarucho and Sotenbori combined between two games, if not more, because me and Blake tend to not do everything Yeah. because you can get real deep into this stuff. So we're talking 150, maybe 200 hours you've already spent with the loading screens and stuff like that. Stuff you don't even, that you just brushed off, you don't think about it no more. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Kwame 2, you walk up to a place, walk into a restaurant, and you just you just kind of there's no loading screen, no there's no door, there's you just kind of walk right into it because you're, you're anticipating just, the loading screen. Yeah, yeah, or but, it's just in your back of your head. You don't think about it no more. And maybe even that first time you do it, you're like, "That was a quick loading screen." What? Yeah, it, it feels weird that first time. Like these are just dumb things that maybe you've noticed when you've played hundreds of hours or something, and all of a sudden something's different. Yeah, 
and the whole game was like that, and all of Sotomori is like that too. It's just like now it's all one, uh, one map now. Like, like it loads the entire thing. There are loading in between uh, chapters. There's massive uh, loading times. I feel like now, uh, and maybe, most cutscenes, and, but... and then now cutscenes. So you there is a price to pay that we'll say, but uh, it'd be interesting to see like a dragon actually. I'm curious. Like about a dragon that when we get to is it. on the Series X, so. Uh, I didn't think about that yet, but there is uh, there is a noticeable uh, at the beginning of chapters, and then sometimes when you get to a cutscene, there's some pretty pretty sometimes sometimes dramatic low times. But uh, when you're when you're left into the city, and you're not doing a bunch of story, or you're you're just running around fighting folks, or doing sub stories, you're just just like bam bam bam. It's it's quick. It's so clean. Oh yeah, very smooth. Very very yeah. smooth. And uh, back to like the combat and stuff, you'll notice that uh. There's always been like a the heat action stuff on Kiryu, like there's like fire or something like that. It's like yeah, blue aura fire. But all that's uh, more flashy and brighter. There's more particle effects coming off of Kiryu and stuff like that. All of that just adds to the graphics and the flair. And what makes me sad that they couldn't have had more flair in the the combat for this game. Oh yeah. I th- got anything else for uh, graphics? I think that's and... it for graphics. Like, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can really talk about graphics other than like, just a staggering difference. Yeah, I mean, it's it flipped forward me though. I mean, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. What worries me now, and I will say about what we'll say, we'll, we'll, we'll get off graphics is uh, we're about to get um, Yakuza three, four, and five remastered on Game Pass. Yeah, and they're uh, well, they're they're remastered PlayStation three games. So Kwame 1 and 2 are full-blown remakes, including Kwame 2 being a full-blown remake in the Dragon Engine. I feel like 3, 4, and 5 on the remastered collection are really just upscaled PlayStation 3 games. Well, if they're going to be remastered, you think they're, they'll introduce the Dragon Engine? Because I don't really know anything about how game development works, but do you think... No, these will, I, I guarantee, I don't know, but I guarantee they're just... Like ups up 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 the resolution. They're up. There's gonna be upscaled PlayStation Three games. So we'll see a dip. I imagine we'll see a dip from. Like, we we'll have to go back to like the loading screens, and That's fine, it'll be a I weird guess. dip up until we get to Kwame, uh, not Kwame. Up, up to we get to Six and Judgment. Probably it'll be a weird. Uh, it's just a weird series. It's just wee kind of like a roller coaster of what the what was going on, and because uh, even uh, lengthwise, like Zero is dramatically longer than the other two games. Yeah, I did want to talk about that. Is when we played Zero, we didn't know exactly what we were getting into, and we were trying everything, doing everything, and trying to do honestly a lot more than we should have. Yeah, because there are things that we're just. This this would actually be a perfect way to dovetail let's, let's, into yeah, the. We're we'll move out of graphics and move into the uh, sub stories and mini games. Perfect way to dovetail into them is there so many. There's usually roughly like I think seventy five to eighty sub stories. There's, yeah, there's something like that. There's quite a bit. I don't know if it's a like a like a set number for each game. I don't know. I think it might be a set number because they are numbered. Like they are numbered. So it's like eighty in each game. But I don't know if they're, if it's they've kept the same number in every game. Well, I'll, I'll I'll take a guess and say probably because most of them, the final like three or four, the are bosses. like those secret bosses. Yeah, so which, that's which we have not fought. No, because I don't do because you know to do that you have to do all the sub stories. Yeah, doing all the sub stories. Sub stories playing all the mini games, and some mini games are better than others. Yeah, sub stories is basically side quest. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. but they have a sub story because there's a lot of. They, I feel like Yakuza. As now as a series is is probably more famous for its sub stories than anything. The sub stories 
is where the wackiness comes in. The real crazy wackiness. You hear somebody talk about Yakuza, you think Yakuza is all all hard boiled and Yakuza and murder and stabbing and betrayal, and then everybody's like, no, nah, Yakuza is pretty dang funny and incredibly Japanese and weird. And if, if somebody's saying that, then they've played a bunch of sub stories. Oh yeah, because the things that you stumble into, because, oh uh, yeah, like the overall main story is fairly serious and it's yeah. still kind of. Yeah, that's the last ridiculous in its own right but yeah. we'll get to that in a minute because sub stories you could go from doing something simple because uh, there's also a cultural thing that happens is apparently a lot of people in japan or i'm not trying to be general but in, according to the game a lot of people in japan are a bunch of scam artists and that, that was the t- that's Kamurocho in that time period. Yeah, I guess so. That's what that's where you're getting that. That's not all in Japan. Yeah. That's literally what it's just well, Kamurocho is like a the we like Kamurocho. Kamurocho is a really dirty part of town. Oh yeah, it's a yeah. horrendous. With so the everything's trying. To, there's a lot of scams in Kamurocho. Everyone's bumping into you. Go, hey, you scuffed my suit. You owe me a hundred million yen. And you're like, I ain't got that. What are you gonna do? Pay up or not pay up? Not pay up usually ends up with Kiryu talking with his fists. Yeah. But with the sub-stories, like I said, sub-stories, you can go as something simple as like, oh, it usually always ends in a fight. It will always end in a fight, I think, or start with a fight. But it could be something as simple as, again, like example, you bump in somebody on the street, some young hooligan who wants to be like, yo, you scuffed my shoes. We got to fight. And it's like him, and you're like, yeah, I don't want to fight. He's like, you want to fight us? He'll snap his fingers, and like three other homies will come out of nowhere, and they'll try to jump kid you. And then when the fight's over... The famous line is, what are you, some kind of monster? Because <laughs> a lot of that, there's a lot of people calling Kiryu a monster. Or was like, what are you? Who are you? What are you? Because no one, it, it's like it's a, a revelation after getting whooped by Kiryu is just a life-altering experience. You don't know what, you're like, what just happened to me? I don't understand. People aren't that strong. They don't move like that. Yeah. Kiryu's a beast, a famous, he's famous for being a beast. Yes, fam- very much so. But but sub-stories, most of the sub-stories... So I feel like, sorry, I feel like the sub-stories can range from like, uh, just go get this item for me. Yeah, and then... Come- There's always a story attached to it. And like, uh, you feel like maybe when you first start playing this game, it's like, I don't want to do all these sub-stories. But you're going to miss like, the bread and butter was what of what makes Yakuza Yakuza is the stories that are in these subs. I know people are like, oh, it's all in the side quests, which you hear in a lot of RPGs and stuff like that. But like, um, we'll get to the main, the main story last. Now, the main story, though, is about, it's it's pretty heavy. A lot of the main story is pretty heavy. It's about Kiryu, and there's a lot of uh, politics and drama in the main story. Uh, the sub stories is where the levity is in the whole everything. So if you just really, if you skip the sub stories... Your games, all three games so far are going to be heavy. Very heavy. Like heavy all the time. And then like, we'll talk about it in a bit. Like, even like Kiwami 2 is kind of dreary in a way. Like there's a like, there's reason, we won't spoil the reason, but like Kiwami 2, I feel like to me, would have been an extremely and just kind of a dreary experience because of the situations you end up where Kiryu's at by that period. Yeah. But uh, all the hilarious and like I said, levity, I guess is in like, I, I think the sub stories is where they really cut loose. I feel like they have a, they, in their offices, they're like, everybody write a sub story. We'll, we'll put them all in no matter how ridiculous, how dumb, how weird we'll put 
everything in. Yeah. That's where they let their writers and their, 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 their teams just go have a blast. Cause there's, there seems to be no rules. None. I guess like for what constitutes a sub store, like you can put anything you want in there. Like call your kids, call your wife. They got any ideas? We'll put them all in. Yeah. There's a quite a few. And we put sub stories and mini games together because a lot of mini games are associated with the sub stories or vice versa, or a sub story will lead to the unlocking of a brand new style of a mini game. Yes. But each one of them have a specific, because there's a general, like, there's there's so much to talk about. I will say this is the one section where we probably won't, sub stories work the same so far across all three games. So there's no, my memory of sub stories, there's no way at this point I can differentiate Differentiate, yeah. differentiate, differentiate from the three games probably, because sub stories do kind of work the same way across the first three games so far. So when we talk about sub stories, this is going to be the one state that's kind of general across all three games so far. Because they can be like Drew said, they can be as wacky as go getting item coming back and doing a fight. But there'll be a story. But there's usually a story. You'll learn something to... about somebody or something will happen. There's an importance that even if okay. uh Easily enough, uh, the one we did a post about a guy in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, in essence, that's go fetch an item. It's go fetch an item like a couple of times. It's a fetch quest. Yeah. So this is actually, this is, this, I remember this because it's recent. It's in Kwame too. Because I remember because he joins Majima Construction or something probably. Yeah. But uh, it's go, you walk near a bathroom and it goes, do, you know, do-do, sub-story. It, it activates and this poor guy's. uh crapped his pants in the bathroom and he's stuck you know there's so many poop jokes here Blake I know Blake was I dying, died. I dying. Was laughing. nothing gets Blake like potty but there's so many poop jokes but you're essentially you're gonna, you, you run off he's like you go. You do two things for him you go get something and you go you'll get, you'll get him some fresh underwear you go get him a pocket tissue mm-hmm. he's like that's not enough man and you come back with like five <laughs> pocket tissues, or something okay. like that. And he's like, "Oh, that's good enough. I need you to do one final thing for me. I need some clean drawers." Mm-hmm. And Kitty's like, "Nani? Mm-hmm. Clean drawers?" He's like, "Yeah, man. I didn't need to wipe. I need to clean myself because I pooped my pants." He, he said something. Like, it's like he's the, like, "It's he a river that. of chocolate pudding, and I was knee deep in it." Yeah. Okay, guy. Yeah. <laughs> so there's all that. That's one of the ones that we're talking about. It's all comedy. It's all, all comedy. comedy. All poop humor. And uh, so what, so we go from poop humor, you help that guy, and then, and if it's the same game, there's one guy you talk to who ha- his son left and never came back. Oh, and that's he mis- really and, heartbreaking. And he mistakes Kiryu for his son. Now we talk about they're all levity. This one's a little heavier, but it turns out being kind of sweet it's on, a, it's on a, the end. So you go from poop humor... To an old man who thinks Kiryu is his long lost. It's a homeless man whose son went off to war. Never came back. And he comes back and he caught and and yeah, that was actually that was actually a really sweet one. I really enjoyed that one. That was actually. I, I don't know what it. game that was in. I think it was in two actually. I mean, okay, so my my memory's my memory's grabbing fresh ones, but uh, yeah. But so then there's, I remember there, there's your there's your scope. And here's something even wackier: is there's a gentleman, because I guess again. If, also to the mini games, some of the things don't stick around. Like some of the mini games in Zero was like uh, phone call booths to where you could have like speed phone dates with like other yeah. hot singles so in your in the, area. It's in the eighties, but that doesn't stick around to the later exactly. games. Exactly. But because of that, 
And it's also, like I said, it's a it's a huge nightlife scene. So there's also like cabaret clubs, strip clubs, and so on and so forth. And there's one character who I remember distinctly from Zero, but I don't remember seeing him in one or two. But this dude who just runs around in his underwear doing these weird, like, gyrating, undulating dances called yeah. Mr. Libido. Yeah. And unfortunately, every time Kitty just happens to, like, wa- it's funny how it happens. He's, like, walks by a, like, a strip club and he'll, like, trip or stub his toe and be like, ugh. And he'll stand up and Mr. Libido will be standing right beside him doing his weird dance going, oh, hey, buddy, I, you need to recharge? I need to recharge. Let's go in here. We've been to all these same places together. And you're like, no. I don't want to do this with you. He's like, come on. And then you go in there. The screen fades to black. Kiryu takes a hit to his health, and he comes back out and goes, Ugh, I never want to do that again. The place is so dirty. <laughs> and then, like, all these people come out. It's like, oh, thank you, Kiryu-san. Thank you. <laughs> and it's just, like, so Mr. Strange. He's in, like, he's in, like, the entirety of Zero. Yeah, he didn't come, he didn't, Mr. He didn't, he didn't come back. Mr. Yeah. Libido. And it's just so funny. And then um, the the Mister Shakedowns, the big dudes yeah, that if you, a, they beat you up, they steal all your money. <laughs> yeah, he's only in the zero, any. Yeah, but he was in both of them. He's in Sotenbori and Kamadocho. Yeah, he just beats you up and takes you. But there's a little bit of story. He talks about how he uh, uh, climbed the tallest mountains, blah blah blah, for his training and all the other nonsense he's done to become the strongest. And then you beat him. He's pretty tough at the beginning of the game, but you get to the point where you can kind of like. Well, as, the more times you beat him, you actually unlock special abilities in your sphere grid, which yeah. is like he appears more often. Oh, he's more likely to appear asleep on a park bench, and you can go steal all of his money, and he'll yeah. come back when he finds you again. He's like, he's yeah. more strong, stronger. Uh, and then uh, I posted a. I finally figured out how I how I can get. Uh, I told Blake to do it too. So you might be seeing more uh, more posts on our pages for videos from our games. I figured out how to get my Xbox captures to our Facebook page. So you saw the recent video of me uh, beating up a guy in a diapers, and that was me and Kawami too beating up a guy in diapers. That was literally a sub-story where Kiryu stumbled into a place of a bunch of rich folks doing the uh, the dressed in diapers and women take care of them fetish. Yeah. And yeah. They, the guy get the guy gets mad that, that Kiryu won't Kiryu's join there up. or he won't join. Because no, they bump into him and Kiryu and the boss is like, hey, I'm so sorry. Let me introduce you to something real good. Because yeah. like, he bumps into Kiryu and like dirties Kiryu's jacket or something he wants to make up before. Yeah. This whole hubbub of these hardened, just battle-hardened Yakuza. Yakuza crime bosses, and when the veil, when the curtain finally lifts, Kiryu is like this, you know, we'll, we'll call her a bodacious babe, I guess, for lack of a better word. She's and she's like, oh, you know, she's she's asking him all these questions of his preferences of what he likes, this, that, and the other, and she's like, okay, now put on your 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 attire. He's like attire. He turns and he's like, oh. Nani, and it's just a diaper, and he's like, "No, I'm okay. I don't want any of that." And they're like, "But it's paid for." He's like, "No, no, 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 I don't want it." Mm-hmm. And as he goes to leave, he like pushes something, and like the wall falls down, and they all There's get a whole, a whole room full of them. And you find out by the end of the sub story that none of his men are into it. It's only the patriarch of that particular yakuza family, yeah. and he gets real mad at Kiryu for sliding his fetish and like, tries to beat him up. He's just, he, I think he's, I don't know if he's embarrassed. Kiryu's like, "Oh man." It's okay if you like this. It's just not my thing. <laughs> but he's like, get him! <laughs> yeah. It led to my little video of me beating the crap out of that guy. Well, he kind of punches me around in that video a little bit too, but then... Uh, and what's yeah. even funnier is later on, one of the other mini games is there's a... One of the staples is there's Coliseum. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. And you get to refight that guy and a couple of the other people from other sub stories. And it, the more sub stories you complete, it actually then starts to take those guys and randomly throw them into the arena. So your arena pool gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Whew, there's so many. Um, yeah. I want to do a few of the staples. One of them that I think is actually really cool because especially with the iterations of Kwame 1 and Kwame 2, they do a good job of bridging and remembering they used old game footage and bridge back to some of the mini games or even some of the story moments or even sub-story moments well, from 0 and 1. From 0 to 1, yeah. They didn't do so much 1 to 2, I don't feel like, as much. But it's interesting because they used Kwame to put in scenes from yeah. uh, 0. Because there's a here's a perfect one. Is in... In Yakuza Zero, there's a, a, a mini game that involves pocket racing, which is just a little like battery operated micro machines. You race around a track and you yeah. customize it, so on and so forth. The whole whole bunch of sub stories involved in that. There's a whole bunch of sub stories involved in getting uh, unlocking all the parts, finding all the racers, and Me each, meeting, all, meeting all the champions. Meeting all the little champions, and then the actual pocket fighter, the guy who is like the spokesperson for. Pocket fighter. For all the pocket fighting, or for the pocket racing, uh, pocket circuit. Wow, brain work. And you do all his stuff, and you and Kitty becomes champion, and you're kind of like, okay, cool, the sub story's done, that's kind of cool. And you go about your thing, and then in Kiwami 1, you actually pick that back up, yeah. and Pocket Fighter's trying to retire. Yeah, it's 10 like, years later. It's, yeah. And he's like, come on, Kitty, you, I need you. Is, is it 14 years later? Yeah, oh yeah, more than. Yeah. And so then Kiryu has to go, like, be re-become champion and try to bolster people to want to come back to pocket yeah. fighting. What well, some of the top references back is because uh, pocket racing is really for children. Yeah. Uh, Kiryu gets dragged into it just because he gets dragged into everything, but you, you, re you it, it flashes back, you meet the grown-up versions of, like, the, of the kids yeah. you were playing pocket racer with when you were... Back in a long time ago, and it was just, and they used uh, the footage from Zero mm -hmm. to help you remember and stuff like that. And I thought that was really cool. And they did that a few other times, but I think they, they did with the main story. The main story, yeah. yeah. Um, but that one leads, yeah, that's that's so cool. That bridges between the two things. Bunch, there's a lot more sub stories involved with pocket racing in Zero than there was so in a uh, uh, Kwame One. It really just kind of he he wants you help you find retire somebody. It, yeah. You go find you go you got to go meet all the different you, know, you find all the kids or teenagers now or maybe older older you or going to college you have to pick a new champion and he runs off to you get married and that's the end did the pocket racing for yeah. Kwame one uh, no pocket racing in Kwame two a couple of uh, the standard mini games are in all of them there's a a darts bowling uh, karaoke there's a batting cages. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some other ones? Just kind of like the standard ones that are bit that are in all of them that are just yeah, dancing, which I hated. The dancing. There's a crane game. Dancing would be fun if it wasn't so hard. I think we did the dancing. I only did the dancing in, in zero. I think I don't think I even bothered in the Kwamis. Mm -hmm. It's so difficult. I don't know if the mini game changed or not. There's a there's an arcade that involves a crane game, and inside the arcade, depending on which one you're playing, is you have a plethora of Sega, Sega. of different Sega games like Space Harrier. A way out the the racing game uh, sunset out outride outride and then there is in Kwame one or two is there's Virtua Fighter tournaments Kwame two that involves certain sub stories that gets you a whole bunch of money from a dude who's so good at Street Fighter he likes to gamble it's not millions not Street Fighter Virtua I mean, Fighter Virtua Fighter 
like millions of dollars on virtual fight. He's like, if you can beat me three times, I'll give you three million dollars <laughs> and stuff like that. And they just keep, and they just build and build. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, depending on the game. Now I went going to all of them. A lot of the sub stories will lead you to do the doing the crane game a bunch of times. Yeah, you'll have to play. Uh, there's one that ended up you playing a bunch of Space Harrier and Outrun, which is this girl who loved the arcade. I forget about that being Zero or Kiwami. I got so sick. People love Space Harrier and Outrun. I get it. Back in the day, but I just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't care less. I mean, I played enough to beat those sub stories back in the day. And Outrun, those games can be really hard for unless you're a classic gamer. Um, but there are some bigger ones that I do want to talk about specifically. We we spoke about the Coliseum, like the fighting arena, and there's usually some stories and stuff associated with that main story as well as sub story because mm-hmm. I think it's introduced to you in the main story. Mm-hmm. And then some other bigger ones. Uh, there's a, uh, a real estate okay, so business the, gathering thing so you do with Kiryu. So in, these are, so they, what you're getting into now will be game specific. Game specific. So starting with zero. Starting with zero, there's this uh, real estate thing. For Kiryu. For Kiryu. And then, like that just, that, that's basically where all your money is going to come from. Yeah. You, Kiryu somehow gets into the real estate business. There's a lot of sub stories involved in this and a lot of, uh, He's basically buying up crap. To, now, why this doesn't have main story implications, we're not going to talk about. I don't know why Kiryu buying up large swaths of Kamarucho has no main story repercussions. It's such a such a thing you got to just leave at the door, I guess, because there's so much story involved, so much sub-story involved with Kiryu pretty much buying up all of Kamarucho. Well, he's working. You start that particular sub-story slash minigame because of Tetsuya or Tetsuo, the the dude helping you in, in, in Zero. He's a real estate monger too. Oh crap. I'm losing his name. He's got the sick back black hair yeah. and he's got the uh crap. I thought it was Tetsuyo. No, it's uh I'm blanking. It's uh it's a name I've heard. Tachibana. Tachibana. There you go. That's there you who go. it is. Tachibana. Yeah. I, I knew it had a T in it. Don't yeah. but anyway, that's that one. Yes. And then I think because of the now, 80s, that's... Well that, well, that sorry, that one just really, really just walking around buying buildings, I feel like. It's been a long time. For and each you, chapter. each of the areas of the town are, are uh, owned by other other real estate Mongols. Yeah. And you buy a bunch of their places and you end up having to fight fight them in a... Uh, you, you fight, fight like them? their champion or something. Is it a combat or is it a minigame? It's combat, it tends Straight. to be, I think. God, it's been so long. But anyway, you take over their areas and you they get well, mad, and then they I think it does, each of the each of the real estate Mongols is some outrageous character, of course, oh, or yeah. just flamboyant or just weird. So more and more story and funniness and just weirdness. I think there's end up being once you have all their properties bought and you you hit hit you hit you hit a a money milestone of money you've acquired, and then it does that thing where you run through the town, you have to break through the obstacles, and you fight hordes of people, and then you fight that person at the end. It does yeah. that little type of mini game, like a horde mode sort of thing, mm-hmm. or tower defense. I don't so that's a pretty big one. I think that's the biggest one. Yeah, for Kid you because yeah, oh yeah, each one of them had a huge was, money maker. It's just a whole whole section of the game is his doing that. You spend most of your time doing a lot of that. And then that was for Kiryu. Now for Majima, Majima is the Lord of Night. He runs a, a cabaret club or a hostess club. Mm-hmm. And that involves some micromanaging. And it is a, um, I guess, a fan favorite minigame. I guess now. It wasn't in Kiwami 1 at all. No, but, but um, it, was... it comes back in Kiwami 2. But um, 
when we talk about it, it's going to sound real dumb, but I found it both in, in Zero and then again in Kwame 2 to be uh, really fun and addicting for some reason. Maybe it's all the lights or how like simplistic it is it's and the amount of money you rake in just, from doing it. I think it. it's just the rhythm of the whole and the music and the rhythm of how the whole the whole mini game plays out. But if you don't know what a cabaret club is, it's really just rich dudes come in and pay to have money. Not even rich dudes, just anybody. Oh, I, I guess, depending on the cabaret club, I guess. Yeah. Dudes just pay money to come in and talk to chicks. And the girls. I guess that's a thing in, in Japan. There's no. It's not a sex club. It's not like there's no there's no pole dancing or anything like that. It's really just a club where people pay to come in and talk to women. Well, it has a lot to do with uh, I think again, I think this is a culture differentiation because mm-hmm. they put bu- they put business and career over family a lot. I think, and so you have a guy who's a he's a career man. He's been at the same job for you know fifteen twenty years and he's trying to make it to the tippy tippy top. Mm-hmm. Really come to relax, and so he doesn't have a family, or he rather he doesn't. I say he doesn't have time, but yeah, he's spending time at a cabaret club. But regardless, he doesn't have time to like go try to date and stuff like that. And so he just goes to he becomes a regular at a cabaret club, and so he's got a go to girl. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, is um, I'm I'm using one of the girls' names from like one of the cabaret. Is a uh, is a uh, is Yuki here? Mm-hmm. He says, I would like to, you know, and like okay, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll give you a uh, you know two hours or an hour with Yuki in the corner booth. And you just, you know, they're trained in conversation. They're trained in certain special hand signals that they can give to waiters and certain other club members to bring more drinks or bring drink, food, wide, yeah. Those other things, yeah. And so that way there's no interruption in their time together. And then when time's up, they, you know, leave and, you know, I'll be back next week. I'll be back tomorrow. And it's, it's a business arrangement, but it's, Mm -hmm. It's also it's it's not at all prostitution, because yeah. you're when I think one of the rules you find out is they're not allowed to you as 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 a, as a man are not allowed to touch the women. They can like put you know put their hand on your shoulder and like pat your leg or give you a hug, but you can't initiate any of the touching. Yeah, type thing. So there's rules and stuff in place, and it seems it's, to protect the women. Yeah, it seems strange at first, and you're like, what? Because I had I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had just. I was like, well, I've never heard of a cabaret club before this game. Me either. Hostess club, host club. And then the, the other thing is I've heard about it and I've seen, and you interact with other club owners where instead of a hostess club, it is a host club where it's dudes yeah, less talk, talking to women, but it's still kind of funny. It's, it's, it's cool that it, at least it, it swings both ways. Like you. Sure. <laughs> if the money is right. Um, but... So- what it consists of initially yeah, is the actual the, the, cabaret hostess mini game. Sorry. You have, you start with a couple of girls it, how you get girls changes t- between zero and Kiwami to a little bit. No, a little bit. There's well, not, there's no, there's no, a uh, flyer thing in Kiwami in zero, but the sub sub stories is, yeah. Yeah. So there are sub story. You, you'll have sub stories that, uh, unlock when you get to it, when you finally unlock the cabaret club, you'll have sub stories where you save women or do stuff for women and stuff like that. And they will end up joining your, joining your cabaret club as additional women you have because you can only have so many women I think eight uh, yeah working each night and the, but they will get tired and you got to swap out because it's best for you to have as many girls work for you as possible but the girls are ranked for bronze silver gold and platinum yeah so you kind of want to have a mixed mat mixed bag until you get uh, more platinums the platinums tend to come from the actual sub the, the sub stories of the cabaret club though you won't really find 
platinums in in regular sub stories. They're only in the main the main. Just you'll find a bunch of bronze and silvers, maybe you, occasional gold, maybe in the sub in the regular sub stories. Yeah, but where they are, so you'll find a lots. You want lots of girls. So main thing uh, you start doing is with your platinums, you get to play dress up. Pretty much, and uh, I spent an uh, exorbitant amount of time and money and money picking fake in game money, not real person yeah, money. Yeah, picking out the right outfits and everything, and all the all the stuff you need to the jewelry, the fingernails, and it earrings, sunglasses, bad, hair. Yeah, you spent a lot but, of time getting them because it everything they equip changes their stats. There's yeah. there's uh, it's sexy, cute, cute. talk. Mm-hmm. Beauty and talk, something like that. I think and I th- it, might, it might have changed between the games. I don't know. It's like a, but it's like a, a, it's like a D to A probably or S. S. D to S. Because you, you can never get four S's. You can't. You could them. only. You could conjugger well, it to sure. where you would I wonder, get. I wonder if somebody figured out a way to get S's across the board. I don't know. I don't know. But no. you, I, the most I could ever get was three S's, and yeah. you usually had one of the, the the one that wasn't usually was like a D or yeah, something bottomed out somewhere. So that's when you're changing all your outfits and your dresses, and uh, there's all kinds of hairstyles, uh, facial things, uh, all that stuff contributes to um, their 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 stats. Their, and you, yeah. and you, as you play more, you unlock more stuff, and you buy more stuff, and it, it gets better and better. And your girls have nicer and nicer things, uh, or you have your or you have your set your platinum. The girls up in a different way where they're they all each one's really good at one one or two things and they kind of taper off so you want you want you want to mix and match because you could accidentally have all your girls with the same stats and you really you don't want that you want to mix and match as often as possible because the rich guys will start requesting certain things so there's a lot of stuff in there so I want to mention one thing and I I know Blake felt the same way there's a song <laughs> there's a song that plays is it in there music hostess song <laughs> Is you write it in there? It's literally right oh, there. It's on the board. The board. <laughs> so there's a song that plays when you're doing the dress up part, or anytime you're managing your girls, it's a song. It's this is it's just a. It's like a like a little jaunty pop, a little poppy pop, love little song. Pop jingle, yeah. That song returns in Kiwami 2, and boy was I excited! <laughs> like, embarrassingly so. Like I it brought like, a, I was like, it's back! It brought a huge smile to my face. I was like, the hostess song is back. We should play. We should give it a moment and, and play it right here, just for a second. Yeah, this is probably a great place. I, I'll surely I can. You find can find it. the hostess song. Yeah, and I will play it uh, probably during as much as I can play it uh, under all of this. This will be the only time in the. And the whole podcast where I'll have a specific song playing because I'm gonna have a music wise. I'm gonna start music wise. I'm planning on maybe pulling two or three songs from each game and just scattering, Kinda. scatter shotting them across the podcast. Yeah, it makes sense. But having the hostess song play right here, uh, uh, it's so it's, it's so off genre for what we like in this podcast. But this is a this is a thing of like um, it's a trigger memory. It's literally what that yeah, is. Yes, but it's a song that just fits with the moment. And uh, it's it's per it's just like the perfect it just feels so right in that like that 
I don't know, it just feels so right. Like, it, how it's playing and what you're kind of poking around with dresses and stuff. And, and I wanted to... This is another cool thing, is the Cabaret Club reconnects back to zero. Yeah, well, one of the girls is still around. Yeah. One, one of the girls you recruit in zero is still running your same club. Club Sunshine is the... Welcome to Club Sunshine! It's the same club. That uh, it's the same club that Goral ran in Zero. Well, no, because that's a d- different part of S- Sotenbori. No, you go to Sotenbori. Yeah, yeah, but his club was remember off in the alleyway, off in the back. Oh yeah, his but it's back there. It's just a relocation. It's the same club, Club Sunshine. I think the club's got a different name. Mm-mm, club Sunshine. You're thinking of the big club that he ran. That's the Grand. The, the, the Grand, but the actual cabaret club it was still Club Sunshine. Was it? And it, uh, it relocated from that back alley to like a more a different area, but it was the same. Yeah, and you're like your platinum girl, your 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 main platinum from Zero is now running. She's like a manager. She's now. the manager. She's yeah, running the new club in Zero. And so the, it's cool. You get to connect some story. Yeah. With a, it's the kind of third person irony, like you know, because you played Zero, but Kitty has no idea and, of and some Kwame. of of some of uh, Majima's past yeah. and he thinks everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie but most of the stuff that comes out of Goro's mouth is factual he's just crazy yeah. like he's legitimately I think he's well there's a reason he's had a rough yeah, well, you're, bit you're trailing away yeah, from what I we're know, talking sorry. about um, <coughs> the actual mini game when it comes to after you play dress up for I don't know 14, 15 hours um the actual mini game itself of uh, running the cabaret um, is selecting what the girls you want to take each individual night, and I think there's a cabaret tournament which involves you playing against other cabaret clubs for the most money. Yeah. It's long, it's big, it's a huge mini game. A little small, a little smaller in Kwame too, but still, it's massive in this game. You make tons of money. The mini game itself is you're on a menu of six tables i think i think it's six tables. and then guys come in and walk in the front door and uh you know uh majima greets them and then the guys go to a table and when they go to a table you can see what it tells you what kind of girl they want and you pick from a list of the girl and you connect the girl to that table and then they start poom poom pooming money and this whole the whole this whole thing happens and you just you play i think it's two or three minutes the whole mini game runs you're just matching it really it sounds simple you're just matching and moving girls to the right guy but as it goes through, your girls will encounter trouble. Sometimes it's trouble, and sometimes they just need some simple assistance. And that's when I said earlier, hand you signals. have to try to memorize the hand signals. They're not terribly difficult. Only four of them. But you, as the manager, like you'll see, they'll like, you know throw their hand up, and you have to click on them, and it zooms in on the on the table they're setting it, and they'll just do one time. They'll do the signal. And you have to be like, uh oh, what does that mean? Do I need yeah, a towel? You, you learn pretty quick. Do I need? Do you need ice? Do you need a cigarette ashtray swapped it's, out? Uh, it's it's drink, ice. It's guest drink, ladies drink, refill ice, swap out ashtray, get a towel, bring a menu. There's like six of them. Mm-hmm. I know it's not. Div- I sure. Cause I thought there was only four. Is it not divided between two two games? Because there's. Uh, I know them all. Yeah, yeah I know all the hand signals. You ain't got to show me. The only one that's backwards is the customer and lady drink seems backwards. Yeah, that's, yeah. Because it's a C for lady drink and an L for the customer drink. Yeah. I was like. I was like, why not? Why not that reversed? But then whatever. again, we're at, that's, that's English. Yeah, L for is. English and C for customer. That's English. Yeah. So, but for them, it's, I don't know. It's, it's something it, else. It, it, that was one that always confused me. But anyway. 
That's a long. Uh, but I feel like I could run a hostess club. I'm just saying. I could do it. It is something. In real life. It is something that I don't know its popularity with fans. But I would if I would almost play a full Yakuza side game. If they had a whole game where they wrote where they wrote a story, a full-blown, full-game-length story about a cabaret club, and you did the running around town, and you got some girls, and maybe you still fought some people and stuff like that, but the main focus of the game was running the cabaret club and getting money and doing a whole, literally like a, I don't know how long I could stand it, but I feel like there, there's there's a whole game here somewhere. I could do it, like, if you turn it to, like, a, if you turn it to, like, say, like a 20-hour RPG or something like that. I probably spent 20 hours doing it or longer. More than, I guess that is true. I mean, really, you think about how much time, I don't know about how much time you actually spent doing Cabaret Club between... I spent a lot. It was a lot. It's much bigger in Zero. I was, I was almost a billionaire. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> it's something that's big enough and more in, and interesting enough that it could probably, because you meet somebody, the, the girls have their own stories and why they're in Cabaret Clubs and where they are in their lives and, you know, the trouble they're in. There's a, there's a lot. There's a lot there. And you do have to, you, some of their sub stories is you have to protect them from creepers and stalkers and stuff like that, too. Yeah. There's a lot there for that. And those are the, the, between the real estate and the cabaret club are the two major, major, big uh, story, like sub stories that have a story yeah. on them are both, and that's both in zero. Uh, was there one in? Kwame had, I think Kwame was just, I think Kwame was just Kwame. I don't think they'd had a big major. There was no real estate. There was no cabaret. There wasn't anything like that in uh, Kiwami. There's also, uh, we spoke earlier of time differentials between each one. The, this is, I don't know Drew's time specifically, but I'm sure they're similar to mine. For Yakuza 0, because we didn't entirely know what we were doing, I spent about 120 hours in Yakuza 0. Yeah. Like, just trying to experience everything and getting sidetracked. Like, I'm going to do this. Oh, no, I'm going to do this. And just not knowing how to focus my attention on. And now I know what to do, what not to do. I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time with karaoke. I'm not going to waste my time with doing some of these things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, bold, I'm, bold, I'm bold. I got the, I completed the bowling sub story in zero. I'll never bowl again in, in Yakuza. Yeah, I'm not going to bowl. I'm not going to bat. But so that was 120 hours, give or take. But that was also the longest game that I know of because you had back and forth between uh, Kiryu and Majima. Mm-hmm. Play- now, playable sections. Now with Kiwami 1, it's all Kiryu. It's all Kiryu. And I think I was probably like 23, 25 hours. Yeah, dramatically. Dr- That's something I think it was, I think it was firmly like it was, a, it was like a one, maybe a. Uh, one for seven. I don't know. Because um, there also may not have been games like that in one when they remade it. They didn't yeah. bother adding we don't, stuff. We don't in. know the uh, how much of a remake. If it's like a one, a one to one remake of of Yakuza One, like we don't. I don't. I don't know. I, me, I, me neither. I need to I watch a YouTube video that maybe compares the two or something like that. It'd be interesting to see the two games uh, side by side. But Kwame One is a. I, I told Blake because he was kind of after Zero. You're a little daunted. Yeah. I was not, and I finally, I finally sat down at like months, maybe a year later, when I finally played Kiwami and I, I played through it. I was, it was it was over. I was you were like, done in like twenty four hours. I was like, dude, uh, I played Kiwami. One the the we'll talk about story last, but like the story is awesome, of course. Uh, the stuff stories are great. Uh, the game is nowhere near as long, and I cut off a lot of things. Like I didn't karaoke, I didn't bowl, I cut off all the nonsense. There's no pocket racer in Kiwami One. There's a lot of Kwame 1 had Bakker Razor. Oh, sorry, sorry. So Kwame 2. So Kwame 1 is much shorter. Sorry. 
uh, but everything is just more condensed. Everything is shorter, and it seems like it's more of a the main story focus. Which maybe the original game was really, but maybe Bakuza wasn't always cray always cray cray. Yeah. Uh, but all the sub stories were still there. So I wonder how many sub stories were still there. I mean, how, I don't know how it all played out, but it all becomes to Kwame One being dramatically shorter than Zero, and you don't play as Majima at all. Majima's there, of course. Yeah. But you don't play as Majima at all. Kid you, John. Yeah, he does chase you around a lot in Kiwami. There's a lot of uh, sub stories involving uh, the links, the links that Majima goes to uh, fight Kiryu because Kiryu doesn't really want to fight Majima. Majima just wants to fight for the sake of fighting. Yeah, Majima wants to fight and try to see who's strong. He's kind of like the maybe, Vegeta. He wants to see who's stronger, who's maybe better. That's the big, the big sub story mini game. Oh yeah, Majima everywhere. Yeah, Majima everywhere is maybe the big mini game for Kwame mini game slash sub story. Yeah, because it's really just Majima it's, he's going a, to great links. Great links to, oh my god. Okay, because <laughs> Majima is insane. Sometimes it's something as simple as there's an oversized traffic cone <laughs> that he lurks. He just pops about from under. Or you're you'll walking, walk, you'll walk by this big cone, and all of a sudden, Majima just pops out of the cone. Or you walk by a trash can, and you see him lift up the trash can lid like Oscar from Sesame Street. Or he'll do the same thing, but with a manhole cover. He'll just rise up out from under the manhole cover. And then I had one. I don't think you got this one because you told me you, you're it's the one. Because they're, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, like it's just they've got Majima everywhere. But one of them I got that you didn't get. Was I was walking by a uh, again? I was walking by a strip club, and there's uh, the promoter outside going, "Hey, you, Mister, you're the hundredth, maybe thousandth person to walk by. You get a free show with our number one girl. Come on in." And Kitty's like, "I don't really want to. You come on in. You get free drinks, free food." And Kitty's like, "I guess I don't want to be disrespectful." So he goes in. It's Kitty entirely by himself, and there's a bunch of other dudes kind of like around. And then the the lights come down low. The smoke machine starts coming in. The music starts playing, and this you see the shadow figure doing this sexy walk in high heels all the way to the pole. And then the lights come on, and it's Majima wearing his standard outfit, but instead he's wearing these high well, four or five-inch stilettos. And he does a little bit of a number around the, the strip pole, the stripper pole. <laughs> and then he lands by like sliding to the edge of the stage on his knees. And he's like, what do you think, Kiryu? He's like, what do you think, Kiryu-chan? And you're like, uh... I'm good. You have to fight me. You're not paying for my services. And they get to a huge brawl. You'll have a, that's that's some of the the funniest of uh, Kwame's uh, sub stories. You'll have sub stories that go like way, way away from somewhere else. And you're talking to people, you're you're doing things and helping this person doing this thing. And you end up in a situation and all of a sudden come to find out Majima set everything up and the whole thing leads to like, and he'll 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 pop up at the end of the whole thing that he set up. He's like, "Are you mad, Kiryu? Mad enough to fight me?" And, and he just does. You'll have you never really know because of how how funny it is. You never really know. Honestly, a lot of times a lot of a lot of Kwame sub stories when 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 uh, Majima everywhere kicks in, you like you'll do sub stories and you're like you get to a point where you're thinking, "Where's Majima? Did Majima this? set this up, dude. No, <laughs> it th- does that. It does that to you." I think Kiwami One did do a reference to Dead Souls. Oh, the Majima, the zombie Majima thing. Yeah, it's like, it was like Zamajima or something like that. Was I don't know, it was the like the weird story. sub-story. Yeah, he set up a whole, a whole thing with zombies. Where there's a zombie outbreak, and some of his people, he had hired zombie actors to put makeup on and walk around the city, and you had to fight them. You were fighting zombie Majima. <laughs> fight zombie Majima in the end. <laughs> It was, it was a whole, a, literally a whole thing where he set up the whole part, a whole part of Kamaru show to play along. 
and people uh again the reason uh that this kind of gets a little bit to the the overall story the reason Majima is allowed to get away with stuff like this he does his own family is cuz yeah he he's a he's his own family he's a very high ranking i think he's a captain he's a very high ranking member of a subsidiary which yeah. is enough to let him have his own family yeah. and so anyone who's in his family has to do what he says or so, well, you get the, I think they get killed, or they have to chop a finger off, or you get something. The, I don't, well, I don't know. If it, I, mean, I mean, he might do that. But you get the phone calls. You get the phone calls from his little left, little right hand man. Oh, yeah. He was like, "Goro says meet him here, or uh, Maj, Majima, yeah, he's whatever." Like, Majima. He's like, he's like, he's like, or, or, or the boss man. Yeah, the boss man says you gotta go meet him here, or else. <laughs> and if you don't, you know what he's gonna do. <laughs> and Kitty's just like. <sighs> or the guy will call you and want you to do want to do something, and and Akira's like, did Majima put you up to this? Yeah, he'll go. Hey, there's a. He's like, there's there's going to be a riot outside this building. He's like, is Goro going to be there, or is is Majima? And he's like, I can't tell you, but yeah, he's probably going to be there. <laughs> it's, he's just so beat down because there's a, there's one where Majima. You get a different uh, sub stories and different um, things based on the different kinds of Majima you fight. You end up fighting a, like you get in trouble somewhere and a policeman runs up out of nowhere and wants to f- fight you. And turns out the policeman's Majima, it's Ma- policeman Majima is in a whole police costume. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's there's some I saw in in the sub story menus or the little CP menus. Why don't we yeah. get the CP stuff? That's the leveling up stuff we talked about that earlier. There's some in there you'll see that it, it labels other Majimas, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't see different... some of those, yeah. Yeah, because you got to trigger it all. You got to like rank up the Majima, Majima everywhere system. Uh, but I also didn't want to play the game that like I was. I was like, I have it, I get it, I enjoy it. It was fun, but I didn't want to like overstay my welcome. Yeah, but uh, Majima everywhere. I forgot about Majima everywhere. It's like a like a whole thing. It is a... he kind of walk? He he does walk around. Uh, he does walk around town like the Mr. Shakedown yeah, from and you can hear him from zero. You hear uh, a and you hear him like, oh crap, where's he at? Because you can and hear him, but he pops up on the map and he walks around. You walk into him and you fight him. And that's how you're supposed to increase because uh, Majima everywhere is a is a ranked like you start with like D, and the more the more of these Majima things you do, it increases and it increases because I kind of wish I had seen it all because it was kind of leading to more sub stories and yeah. an overall hilarity of what the links Majima goes to. But I got mine up to like A or something like that. Before I I I had kind of ran out of game because there's whole chapters where you'll play. Well, there's a limit to how far it'll go. Yeah, there's whole chapters chapter. I played where you don't even you don't even uh, you won't even run around the city that much. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Yeah, Majima Everywhere was pretty great actually. We had a lot of so much hilarity and just you had a great taste of how uh, how kind of almost Kiryu obsessed he is in Kiwami One. Was Kiryu the strongest person he's ever met? Yeah. He's never met anyone stronger, more determined, or willful, or whatever than Kiryu. And they, at the end of the day, they are friends. So I mean, they are friends between the three games. I mean, he seems a little more tolerable of him by the end of Kwame Two. But they're well. Let's see. It's one of those things where like Majima sees him as a rival, and Kiryu wants nothing to do with him. But then. Whenever something happens, Kitty was always there to help out. Or if someone's if some again main story stuff. If there's some like behind the scenes politicking, and someone's trying to like hurt if specifically Kitty or anything attached to Kitty, Goro will come out of nowhere and just be like, "Hey, uh, don't you know?" He's, hint, almost, hint. he's almost like a uh, like a like a wackier Vegeta. Yeah. 
Taking Dragon Ball, like, like yeah. only only I could kill Kiryu, only I could kill Goku. Oh, of. he's made a point. Like, uh, he made a point of. Do- I remember that one of the actual st- big story things is some of his family members because they have to answer to a higher authority. Some of the people like above him have said, "Hey, Kiryu needs to be hurt or killed. It needs to happen." And like one of his guys is unfortunate enough to be holding a gun to Kiryu in this huge school like story scene and Kiryu's like <sighs> you know breathing heavy hurt knelt down because like he just finished killing you know beating up like 150 people the guy has a gun to Kiryu's head and out of nowhere this knife <laughs> hits the guy right in the chest and he falls down he's like no bad subordinate bad he pulls the knife out and then kicks the guy like out the window and then he has this whole speech about no one kills Kiryu but me and then he fights everybody in the room again yeah. and kicks all their butts. And it's, it's one of those, it's, he's a, he is a fantastic, he's the exact opposite of Kitty's somber stoicism. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful. I love that's it. That's the whole, I thought yeah, the, whole the, whole point, point. the whole point of the, the two characters. Um, before we get to the main story, there is the final part of uh, sub stories and mini games of Kwame two, which leads to really, cause you only really play as Kiryu. Um, there is. They added. They did add. Um, called something called Majima Stories. It's probably was made for Kwame too. Majima Saga. I think Majima it Saga. It's only three chapters, and it's kind of it kind of lets you play because uh, you you didn't play as Majima in in re- regular Yakuza two. Uh, there's not much to it. It's a little point. It's more just for a couple of cutscenes. You could run around town and fight some random dudes, and then you can run to like really after. Chapter one, I just kind of ran to the markers yeah. and got it done because I just wanted to see this. It's really what kind of um, what Majima like, what it, Majima was doing around that time. It's a micro Yakuza game because you yeah, have that. There's no sub stories. There's really just fighting folks and then doing the cutscenes. Yeah, street battles like gang battles or street lords or something. It's really just that yeah, street thugs. And supposedly it lets you be able to give send money to Kiryu, but if you're playing the hostess game mini game you don't need money for kids yeah, you're already so rich it's easy so that's really all you do is playing for him I mean call that a mini game and it kind of lets you know what Goro was doing between one and two and why he was absent no, through most of two no it's all during two it's all during two it's all during was two was it well no it takes place before because it's how he becomes a captain is it yeah because uh, Takeda is still the, the chairman at this oh. Doing his stuff. It's hard to follow all this stuff. But it but, takes uh, place bef- bef- all before. Because that's. It leads to why you do the Majima construction minigame. Because he's no longer. Yeah. He. We kind of quits. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, so that leads, if you want to do. So uh, we, we won't go on and on about that. But uh, it, it, the way things line up is uh, somehow, one way or the other, uh, you get to have Kiryu running a cabaret club. It pretty much works exactly the same way. No, it runs the exact same way. It's not pretty much. It is the exact yeah, so same we'll, way. We won't go on and on about that on this one because it, it's the same thing except now Kiryu's running it and you sub Kwame 2, right? Yeah, Kwame 2. Kiryu's running it. Uh, you find girls in sub stores. You find girls in there. There's a championship. Blah, blah, blah. You There's the friends. hostess song. <laughs> the hostess song. The most important thing is the hostess song. Uh, so the new one, the other big mini game for Kwame 2, which I did not like, is Majima Construction. It's uh, it's it's an RTS. Yeah, it's an R- It's really just an RTS, which is a real time strategy game where you place units and then you move units based on where you need them to be to uh, fight off thugs who are trying to uh, break up. Because Majima, 
There's reasons, but Majima has started a construction business. In, He's in acquired a piece of land that has been relatively important. It's one of the other areas you go to that's not a full-blown city. It's the West Park. Yeah. The wonder, homeless I, I, area. I wonder how, if, if it's going to be like all, all like changed. In 3, 4, and 5. Like well, zero, 3, 4, 5, and zero, or 6. And 0 and 1, it's really like a hobo town. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then, and then Kwame Homeless two, sanctuary or whatever. Yeah, Kwame 2. Majima's got it all bought and stuff anyway. Um, well, the there's a leader for the the West Park, uh, the homeless community, similar to that of the Bowery King, Bowery King from John Wick Chapter Two and Chapter Three, is called the Florist of Psy, mm. and he runs an underground information network, and underground gambling and all this stuff that he uses homeless folk It'll to gather in the arena. Yeah, so I wanted to, and that's what West Park kinda is. And then with one of the story conclusions is where Majima Construction is, it's just kind of building on top of it in the floor of Psy. And Majima have worked out with one another that they're going to continue their same business. Their same business. There's more shadowy. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like in 3, 4, and 5, and 6. Yeah. Uh, but real quick. Majima, for, yeah, Majima, Majima Construction. Construction. Um, it's got sub stories. It's got, there's a lot of talking. There's a lot of story. It's about uh, other other. There's, there's another construction company trying to come in and like beat out Majima's well, physically, not using money and buying stuff, but literally send dudes in to like beat down and make strong make, arm. make yeah strong arm and make Majima change his mind. Unfortunately, the guy they don't know Majima. They don't know Majima is the, is their is their biggest issue. Um, so there's a lot of story there. There's a lot. You meet a lot of characters. Uh, it's same thing like 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 with the cabaret. You'll do sub stories, and they're like, like that. You, you you help somebody out. It's mostly all dudes for this. He'll yeah. like, I heard you're running a construction company. Do you need some help? And they come, and then they'll they'll become units for you to use during the RTS combat. Majority are garbage. Again, the, your best people you're gonna find are within the game itself. All your little S ranked whatever they they're, they're ranked differently. I think they're ranked. Uh, they're ranked just like. No, they're not. They're, they're ranked numbers. They're S A D or S A B C D. You say numbers and they say a bunch of letters. Yeah. Algebra. Uh, it's just algebra. You know. There's. So they're ranked the same way. Most of the, the most powerful ones you find within. Now I will say, uh, as a side note, you will find some really good ones to tide you over, if you do the arena. If you uh, do all as as much of the Coliseum as you can do, because it it can be tedious. Coliseum gets very tedious very quickly, um, but you will unlock a bunch of people who will carry you up until you get the the higher the higher most powerful dudes. Because you end up fighting these four major three or four. There's three of them, and then there's the guy three musketeers. They work, or yeah, like three that. musketeers, and then the yeah, dude they work and, for. Yeah, they they come out they come after you, and when you defeat each of the three guys, they join you, and they're really powerful. And then you just use them to go higher. There's a whole a whole shebang, a whole story, uh, a whole. And you can tell they're special because each one of those people are yeah. named and modeled after a specific Japanese um, actor or yeah, person yeah, of yeah. interest. So that's very, there's not a lot to say about that. It's an RTS. It's not fun. Uh, I don't like it. Um, I enjoy the storyline, of course. The story's great. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of Majima Construction. Oh, uh, yeah. This we'll, is another one. We'll end, we'll end the Majima. We'll end this section right here, and we'll, we'll move on to the rest of the game. The, my favorite part of Majima Construction, if I can find it, I'll play it, is the Majima Construction song. That they sing at the end of every 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 time you win a combat thing, there's a whole Majima 
it's short. It's like 20, 25 seconds, a whole Majima Well, everyone stands in a line and strikes a pose and sings it. All yes. the people... Is anyone who you, you you were using during the RTS? So you can see a plethora of people doing this posing song. Well, yeah. I think the song stays the same. It's the but it's the poses yeah. from people. So that's that's most important and the best part of modern construction is the modular construction. Not only does it play when you do that, the instrumental version of it plays while you're going through the menus and assigning people and building your party yeah. for the RTS. But the the, the vocal parts the the best part. The best part. So we'll wrap up with that stuff there. This last part we are going to do. Um, we're kind of going to glaze. Now we may say a couple of things by accident. We want to glaze over the the actual main the main story uh, of what so far what we what the games are about. We're not going to do the, there's there's major spoilers. Very uh, much. So. But there's some interesting interesting stuff to say. I think I will kind of lead with an with an overarching. That zero didn't always exist, obviously. No. But if you play when you play, if you play the Yakuza's, please play zero before Kiwami. Uh, the story stuff that happens, the main focus of zero and stuff like that. Some of the characters in zero have a major impact on what I feel like the the second half or later events, the overall really events of Kiwami 1, the and characters then involved. into 2. Yeah, and into 2, but like really, I just don't see some of the impact in Kiwami being there if you didn't have a lot of the build-up from Zero. Exactly. So like, please, I see so, so many Reddit posts about which way do I play Yakuza? And I, I, I always come, I was like, I'm always like, play Zero, Kwame one, Kwame two. Always, please play zero first. Some folks actually will say, play when the order they came out. I'm like, oh god, don't like zero only. Matt. Now, granted, the people who played Yakuza from the beginning didn't have the, they they had no choice. They they didn't know, yeah. you know. They so they they, they would have played zero later. But if you have when you have the option now, uh, it's to me it's so rare. I I despise prequels to anything. Basically, and right now with um, well, for you it wasn't a prequel. It was your starting off. It was. Point. It was basically, it, but technically, it would be a prequel. Yeah. Uh, it's my start, my jumping off point. Now it's like how it directly impacts the next game. So the only other thing I stand by for prequels, uh, and I don't want to go back to the games because they might be terrible. But it, we mentioned before, if uh, there's Life is Strange, or we hate Life is Strange too. It was garbage. But Life is Strange one, and then uh, Before the Storm came, yeah. came out later. If you play Life is Strange before the storm, before Life is Strange, it it adds so much it to Life is Strange, and it's so rare that people can make prequels that matter. Usually, prequels just reiterate crap you already know. Yeah, you're like, ooh, nostalgia. I get it. Blah blah blah. They were there. Woohoo! But I only have two examples, and I don't even like giving that the Life is Strange credit because. Vampire was awful. Life is Strange Two was awful. I haven't played like I I we remember that game was so bad. We were those games are so bad. We're like, do I even like this company? And I don't want to go back to Life is Strange One. I want to keep the memory rude. of it. Keep yeah. the memory of it being one of the two only prequels that I think work between that now and then really needing uh, 
zero before Kiwami because I feel like it just there's so much setup to what happens in Kiwami. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So, alright, we're gonna briefly this will be loose loosely tackle the overall story of the Yakuza's, starting with zero. And I'm going to name off a couple of key characters. In Zero... There's an exorbitant... There's an exorbitant... I... There's there's so... So many people in Yakuza. All, all the games. So it's... it's a, don't worry. I mean, I wouldn't name off too many people because it's going to no. be meaningless and it's going to be... I'm going to name confusing. off people specifically close to Kiryu. Mm-hmm. And Kiryu is a general. Kiryu... Uh, besides uh, Majima, Goro... Uh, Besides Majima, Kiryu has a best friend, mm-hmm. a dude named Akira Nishikiyama. He just calls him Nishiki for short. Nishiki. And then uh, Kiryu and Nishiki have a favorite bar that they've been going to forever called Serena, where they're really good friends with the 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 host, the bar, the bartender. I, oh my, I can't remember her name. <laughs> but her worker, one of her 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 only other worker in the it's a very small place her only other worker is a young woman named uh Yumi y- yeah Yumi and Kiryu Nishiki and Yumi all grew up together at the same orphanage the mm-hmm. Sunflower Orphanage mm-hmm. and so they have a really good close knit family to one you know they're real good mm-hmm. uh Nishiki is kind of a he's a ladies man Sort of, he's always got a different girl. He's trying to get a different girl uh, all the time. And Nishiki is, he's not weak by any means, but uh, compared to Kiryu. He's always had, Kiryu has been his brother, a a monster his entire life. Kiryu has always been there when Nishiki's got in trouble. Yeah. And, but Nishiki doesn't hold that against him. No, he's just, he's just always been there. But, but when things get down and dirty, they do that crazy anime thing where they just grab their shirt and it comes flying off entirely complete shirt and jacket and they got their Yakuza tattoo showing and they put their fists up and Nishiki will fight right beside you, get down dirty and bloody, yeah. shot, stabbed, just like Kiryu does and he'll stand up. Wait a minute, it's not a tattoo. Kiryu has a dragon. He's a dragon of Dojimus. He's a, he's a, Ooh, we a dragon that, that tattoo. We were going to get to that, the overall story. Yeah. You find out that... <laughs> you don't really find out much until... Because they go real in depth into the actual nature of Kitty's dragon tattoo yes. into, yeah. Because you meet, the, you meet the guy who did his tattoo, and some other people who worship that man's work. Yeah, you find out that when Kitty, I think he was eighteen in Yakuza Zero. He's like eighteen. No, he I think he's like right at twenty. He's like I think he's like right at twenty, twenty or twenty one. He's real, like you know, cusp of adulthood. And he has the tattoo then. You find out in like Kiwami 2 that the, the artist who did that particular Yakuza tattoo, after he put the ta- the dragon tattoo on Kiryu, uh, swore he would never do another dragon because no one would ever match up to this young man's potential. He could, feel, he could just feel his raw, he could, raw potential in him. Raw uh, badassery. Yes, yeah. And so there's a whole cool story with like the different tattoos and you come so, across a bunch of other a lot of the tattoo stuff is in Kwame too and yeah not so much in the early well because there's that whole story with the other bro mm-hmm. and like I said every single member of the Yakuza that you meet you do fight sometimes lots, against your lots will lots of other Yakuza 
and they all do the thing where they just grab their shirt and the whole jacket so shirt come so off. Dramatic, yeah. It's it's a trope, but it's it makes me laugh every time it happens. Because yeah. usually, from someone who has a few tattoos, I admire tattoo artwork, yeah. and they make those tattoos look. Oh, it's important to them. Yeah, it's the co- they they're gorgeous. There's these gorgeous tapestries of gorgeous artwork. Yeah, and it's just they're they're and every single person's is unique and different and beautiful i think like how it sh- it is in yakuza culture mm-hmm. or i'm not entirely sure but yeah there's all that and so you have nishiki who's your 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 real good bud and then you have the person whose family that kiryu works for kiryu and nishiki both work for this dude uh cut no kiryu is kazuma kiryu that's his first name. And then this other guy is Kazama. He, he, but he, that's his last name, the Kazama family. Where Nishiki and him work for. And that dude, he's pretty much raised Kiryu. He saw Kiryu's potential from like being a petty street you know, pickpocket and raised him up to be a, a Yakuza, to be a man, man. The man that he is. Everything man. that Kiryu is, he owes to this guy, you know, seeing him his potential and raising him up. Mm-hmm. And there's... I'm going to say the entire story behind Yakuza 0 revolves around a single plot of land Mm. that is a foot by foot. No, I think it's a three foot by three foot plot of land. That's it. Empty lot. And you'd be surprised how much story would come out of a single three by three empty lot. Yeah, people want it because of the the value of the land. It's like right in the middle of Kamarucho. Yeah, and it would like sig- signify like the merging of a huge. It's yeah. bonkers it's how very, much a single very, plot uh, of land, and I mean a tiny plot. Yeah, we'll talk. It gets very. Um, there's two things really that happen. Let's break it down to really easy to easy terms. There's two major things that happen across the Yakuza games for for main story. Kind of is there's. There's really the focus on Kiryu and Majima. Really, mostly Kiryu because he's really the leading man. Yeah. Uh, well, Zero has a lot of Majima too, but really they focus on what, what Kiryu is doing and his what Kiryu is doing and immediately how it affects him and his people and friends around him. And then there is the overarching drama and politics of the that Yakuza. will affect the world and the well, well Kamarucho. Really. Yeah, Kamarucho specifically. Um, and so Timbori. And then there's 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 Kiryu, there's the local story, and then there's the overarching, just loaded with politics and drama of the uh how the Yakuza world. Um now admittedly, I I get lost in uh That's where all the characters are. In chairman, patriarch, subsidiaries, captains, clans. I do get conf- I can follow it while I'm playing it, but I can't tell you yeah. The only other one I can tell you right now is a dude named he's a he's a fellow captain, like Kazamas, and he his last name he is a Shimano and Goro works for him. He's the mad dog of Shimano, mm-hmm. so he works for this family. Now the the person who owns all the families is a dude named Dojima, and I think they're owned by the Tojo clan. Yeah, but I, I can't follow you on this but the, part. The Dojima clan own, r- runs Kamarocho, most of it anyway. And the reason I the only reason I bring up is because they have Dojima clan, and then there's six chairmen, and that's where like a lot of the politicking story comes along. Shimano, Kazama, 
But the reason I bring up Dojima is because he Dojima owns all the families, all the Yakuza families in Kamurocho. And Kiryu is called the dragon of Dojima. He's the only dragon of that's in the, the entire family line. Mm-hmm. And he's the dragon of Dojima for a reason. Yeah. You know, quite, I wanted to just, He has quite the reputation. Yeah. But somehow like there's like his reputation goes to where sometimes um you'll see even in sub stories and stuff like that, or even it, it's a lot in the main story. Uh not everybody knows Kiryu's face. But they know the but title. When somebody says his name, people people will be talking to him like, Oh, you'll do we'll do and there's somebody will like or somebody will stand next to a guy and they're like, You know who that is? Uh, That's Kiryu and they got the big tough guy's like, Oh, uh Oh man, we're, 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 we're real sorry about this. You know, it really Dude, changes. That's where a, a reputation changes somebody's yeah. tone completely. I want to dip back for one second to sub stories to bring this one thing up, and then we'll come back to this. Yeah. But just to show Kiryu's reputation is there's a it, it goes for a little bit. It's a couple of things in Kiwami too. There's a man pretending to be Kiryu. It's called like uh, lookalike dragon or like dragon wannabe and he's wearing Kitty's outfit and he's got his hair and facial hair shaved and styled similar to Kitty. He's Kitty wears white slacks, white shoes, white jacket and like a burgundy fuchsia pink yeah. undershirt. You know, it's a man. He wears the same thing every game. Yeah. But, but this other guy's wearing his outfit with his style and he's going around getting free drinks out of bars, going into karaoke. He's and, his reputation. He's, he's, he's strictly, he's like, don't you know who I am? I'm the dragon of Dojima. Well, he he's not saying he's being stoic. He has a hype man who's doing all that for him. It's like, oh, you don't want to make my boss mad. You don't want to make the boss angry. And then as this, you see that happen a few times around town, and then it culminates in this event where they bump into you because they're being thrown out or they're being denied service at a really fancy bar because they're, they're trying to walk. You know, they've had service and they're walking out, and the owner's trying to get them to pay. And the owner's like, no, come back. No, we, we need to pay. And then out of nowhere, Kitty is walking by. He turns over, and they bump into him. And they're like, don't you know who I am? And the owner of the bar goes, huh. Oh, is that the one where the guy bumps into... Oh, wait, no, is that the punch? Or is that when the guy bumps into Kiryu and nothing... No, he, like, it, falls it, down, and Kiryu's just standing there like... This culminates in uh, Kiryu not saying anything, and the hype man getting... He's like, all right, boss. Time for the dragon to unleash the rage. And so there's... Dude who's pretending to be a kid to you falls back, you know, does like this huge, you know, very stylized punch where he takes a step back, curls each of his fingers, and it looks like he's charging up the punch. It looks like he's charging up the punch, and then he throws it forward, hits kid you dead, dead in, like, in the center of the face. Yeah. Yeah. But, and the kid just stands there. <laughs> just stands there and takes it. Doesn't try to block it. Doesn't, doesn't do anything. Doesn't flinch or nothing. And the guy is like, the guy's like, what? <laughs> Nani? <laughs> Nanda? <laughs> And then it culminates, and Kiryu beats the ever-loving snot out of both of them. Yeah. And they're on the ground like, uh, what are you, some kind of monster? Yeah, who are you? What are you? And then the owner comes over. He's like, thank you, Kiryu-san. Thank you so much for helping me get these freeloaders. And they're like, what? You're, you're Kiryu, the, the dragon of Dojima? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I just don't go around bragging about it. Yeah. And they start yeah. bowing and bowing yeah, yeah. and bowing and running away. And running that's away. what uh, real uh, <laughs> we get all over the place. That's what um, we talked about: how uh, flamboyant and wild and cray cray 
Goro Majima is. Yeah. It's what I like about, I, I love Goro, of course. He's incredible. But, like, what's so great about Kiryu is uh, he's immensely badass Immense. all the time. But he doesn't, he doesn't rub it in your face. He doesn't brag about it's it. Just, he doesn't, he never brags. It's just, I don't even know if he, like, ex. He doesn't even expect how people treat him sometimes. It's just, Kiryu is just Kiryu, and that's the way the world is, and the way the world bends around him is just how it happens. He doesn't treat it, he doesn't walk around like like how the guy was touted, like, I'm Kiryu, blah, blah, blah. Kiryu doesn't even do that. No. He just moves, kind of moves through life, and the way the world works around him is just the way it is, and he, like, he doesn't brag, he doesn't do anything, he just, he just does what's got to be done. And that's how it's going to get done. Like, it's hard to explain. I'm probably using the wrong word. Because well, like, like I can say, he... he's so stoic. Yeah. He, he's not braggadocious. He's not flamboyant. He's not... No, glib's not the right word. He's... Um, the only way I can say, he's stoic. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. very just... You know, he accepts for how things are. And he, he treats everyone the way they treat him. He just kind of goes around. Because even like we'll get into a fight... And they're like, who are you? And he'll be like, well, he's because he never, he just he, says, he never he never uses his title. He's not like, yeah, he, he's not he, full of himself. He's not vain. He, I don't think he ever goes, I'm Kiryu, the dragon of Dojima. I don't think he ever not does once. that. He, and he never, it, and most of the time. Because I think it was a title given to him that he, he, didn't, he didn't It was, you know, Well, he asks for the dragon. Well, I the think. dragon, yeah, the yeah. dragon happens, but the actual the title and the fame are just not... That came from just his exploits and he... Yeah. yeah. But as it goes on, like, even when you get into a fight with somebody and they're like, who are you? He's like, I'm, you know, because I'm a kid you. And they're like, what? You know that name sounds... He's like, I get that a lot. Yeah. But you ready to fight? And then they'll fight, and then someone else is like, why would you challenge the dragon of Dojima? He said he wasn't him. What do you Because he tries to downplay himself so much because he doesn't think he's that. I don't think he even downplays himself. He just. Well, he also. He doesn't stop anybody from believing what they want to believe. Exactly. He doesn't tell anybody to believe anything he needs them to believe. But for himself, he never admits it to himself. He downplays it for himself. I don't think he puts himself down. No, I guess that he because well, he knows he gets a little cocky. He's like, when is he ever? He's not really no, ever cocky. Like he did. Co- every now and then he's like, I'll let my, I'll let, let my, my fist do the talking. Well, what, one of the lines he's like, he's like, I never let my mouth start a sentence that my fists can't finish. Yeah. And I was like, that's okay, kid. You come on, quit being so cocky. <laughs> yeah, but, but in general, I don't think there's there's not really there's not a cocky aura about him. No, there's not. He's yeah. very humble. Humble's the I don't word. Because he knows what he can and can't do, which is, yeah. I don't know. We're getting off on, we should get back to the story. But, but, but the story <laughs> is. It's Kiryu's Kiryu. story. It Kiryu's is Kiryu's story. Story. Yeah. story. Yeah. Whole thing about it. So, but, and so I get, so what I love about Yakuza is Kiryu's story. Like, I'm yeah. so attached to him as a character, and I love all the plot lines that involve him and his immediate area. I get completely lost in the Yakuza politics. Completely. Now Kiryu's Kiryu's in the whole game. Kiryu's dragged into a lot of that. He literally sometimes dragged into it. If it was up to him, he wouldn't have any part of it. He's, Even he just know, wants to be in his family, under Kazama with his best friend Nishiki, and they just want to go around and you know collect money, mm-hmm. 
he doesn't he's happy with where he's at he doesn't want more power yep. he doesn't want to be a captain he doesn't want to he he likes where he he's at where he went on so many things without dragging the story the story section out forever so many things happened to put him in so many positions that he just didn't want to be in. So many people do things to him and do things to his friends and family well, that he make, also, him, make him get involved in things he didn't want to be involved in. He also has freedom where he's at because mm-hmm. he sees the pressure and stuff that it puts on his mentor, Kazama, of trying to you know, negotiate and set boundaries and rules. And, and so and there's the, the juxtaposition of Nishiki wanting to be more. Yeah, Nishiki was like, "Come on, man, we could totally be we, more. We, we could do." This. We could, so that's that's somebody, that's somebody dragging him yeah. or pulling him into pushing him to do. Kiryu's just like, ah, we don't. Or in situations where Nishiki's doing something and gets himself in trouble, which is what it, Nishiki always does, gets himself in trouble. But uh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that in the. the but they're games. you know they're still sworn brothers. They still love one another. They're yeah. still best friends. Yeah, and so and but anyway, you pop you probably like you. You're in this for Kiryu and his and his. Oh, of and course. His, and that's the just. I just I just get so blown back by the. Uh, the politics. We know what. Nobody knows. Well, anybody listening, we we don't we don't talk about it. But way I don't give two craps about politics in the real world, much less in a video game. I just can't. I lose interest so fast. Um, but that's also the, the the dynamic of the story and Japanese storytelling well, in general. That, I mean, yeah. The Yakuza is going to have a ton of politics. And grabs True. for power and land and money. That's what the Yakuza is: is money. And that's why I get that it's. And I'm sure it's accurate and interesting. And people, people who love the pot and love it. it's like Game of Thrones in Japan. Like I just, the twists and turns of who's betraying who and stabbing who. There are dragons. There are dragons. <laughs> um, you know, figuratively. Um, I get that it's it's all there, you know, and what it is, and, and I get Kiryu's place in some of it. Uh, I know he, he just knows people who get him into get him into sh- crap, you know. Yeah. So I don't know what else, what else you want to add. Uh, and Majima's part in all of that is Majima's just another piece. In the, he's in the Yakuza too. The reason he's in the Yakuza, how he want what he wants to do with his life. I don't want to. Sp- that's that's in zero, and yeah. I'll let people figure that out. Because yeah. Majima, because uh, the games are really about Kiryu. Yeah, but I Majima think Majima has a large piece in Zero, and Majima's in one in Kwame and Kwame one and two. I think that's because because you would get glimpses of of not even glimpses, you get full blown uh, sub stories and stuff with Majima from one, two, three, four, all the way up to I guess five, and then they're like, "Hey, people have some questions about Majima. Let's give them some answers." And so you get to actually legitimately play as Majima for the first time, I think, in Zero. And you get a whole backstory about yeah. him and stuff prior to how he ended up where he's at, why he's got his eye patch and yeah, signature eye patch. Uh, I think and, it's uh, not even in Kwame 1, but in Kwame 2, Kwame 2 references back old cutscenes and stuff all the way back to Zero. Mm-hmm. With, with the Majima saga. With the Majima story. Well, and not, his Lord of well, Night. He, even his... Even his even his regular story sections in the main game, yeah, it references back to his. Uh, no, you're right. That might have been. That might have been just in Majima Saga. I think it was just in because the, the whole point of Majima Saga is it culminates with uh, some closure from Zero. A bit of closure, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. It's interesting. So, spoiler alert! I didn't say anything, but it does his. This so there Majima are things. Saga. Majima, and Majima is in. He is a main character. He is the he's in the main. So there's like a part. Spoilers that uh. 
one of my favorite parts because you hadn't seen you hadn't seen Majima yet in Kwame Two, and Kiryu is talking to some people, and they uh, he's talking to some other people, and they're like, "Hey, we need some more men. Like, what we're about to do, we need more. We need more people." And uh, Kiryu was like, "Well, I know somebody who has people," and the other guys were like, "No." Nope, 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 nope. Not him. Not that one. <laughs> Do not. not those people. And then by the end of it, they're like, go get him. <laughs> and then it cuts to Kiryu later going and trying to find Majima because they need Majima and his, like Blake says, Majima's family. They need Majima's people. Well, because Goro being a main character, and it's, it's, it's all Kiryu's story, but Goro is intertwined yeah i wonder efficiently that, intertwined yeah, i'm super curious as well as nishiki and yumi and like all, everyone in his family unfortunately does there's there's always there's always new characters coming into each game it introduces new cast and there is one character who i don't think he is in zero but he gets introduced in one and he sticks around for two uh the ex-police officer, Date-san? Yeah, Date. Yeah, Date's important, yeah. Date. Date, yeah, that was Date. Yeah, D-A-T-E. Date, Date, yeah. Date-san. Detective uh, he's, Date. He's he's a pretty cool character. He's a detective just getting wrapped up in Yakuza stuff, poor guy. Yeah. Um, and then that girl, Sayako, she comes in too, and I think, two, I think she'll play a bigger role. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see... Uh, where where things lead with uh, her, and then I wonder as if the games, if the later games go more and more, if it starts wrapping Majima around things more yeah. and more intertwining Majima in the scope of things. I forgot about it till just now, but because you do, <clears throat> in two they do something cool that they haven't done in the battles from zero and one. Oh, partner, but partner. And two, you get partners that uh, I think I'm mispronouncing her name, but the Sayako girl. The, the the detective woman, yeah. and then Date, and occasionally Goro is you'll have a partner in combat with you, which is the first time. I don't think it's the first time. But I only saw her heat actions though. Did Don, Dante San had some too? It yeah, was so. they they weren't much, but they was like they both shoulder ram a guy, but they they had because like with zero and one you might get Nishiki and Goro fighting alongside you, but they did they were just alongside you in Kiwami two. They actually have special heat actions to where you guys combo attack somebody and like punch them. Yeah, like I love the oh the one where uh, uh, Kiru and the girl Sayaka, how do you say her name? Where they both they like they still like Kiru stumbles a guy and they both kick him. Oh, they do the it like front, a the, the one front and the head, the foot in the back of the head and the front of the head at the same time. Oh, that dude's dead. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah, like I said, life altering injuries. Yeah, like he's forgot his past. Yeah, he's well. <laughs> There's a in Kiwami too. There's a sub story of a dude who has amnesia, and you have to fight him. Isn't he faking it? No, no, no. He's not faking it. You have to, you go get these items and you talk to him a couple times. And as the story progresses, he finally remembers oh, yeah. what he's supposed oh, to he do. Fell, he he heard he hit his head and fell. He like hit his and head Kiryu, as he fell into a river. And Kiryu beats him up and come to find uh, spoil. Well, it's one sub story. Come to find out, the guy was actually sent as an assassin for Kiryu. <laughs> And then Kiryu beats him up so hard that he forgets again. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. I forgot about that one. And oh, there's that one and one other story, one other sub story similar to that, where a dude who's like, Hey buddy, come here. I'm gonna pay you some money to go do this thing. And you you you're going to get this guy a weapon, get this guy a gun, and you end up as a story as a sub story progresses, you end up finding 
the dude's dead body in a back alley and you, his phone's ringing. You pick up the phone and you answer it. And the guy's like, hey, no, no names. I usually go to this location, blah, blah, blah. And as the story progresses, you go to these locations. He's like, oh, and you end up at the theater plaza. It's a pretty prominent area in the Yakuza's. And the guy called your phone. He's like, all right, man, I got him in my sights. He's the man wearing the the white jacket, the white pants, and the pink shirt. He's talking on the cell phone right now. I need you to go behind him. I need you to stab him in the back. And Kitty was like, I'm wearing white pants, white shirt, and a pink jacket. And you want me to stab me in the back? And it ends up like you the whole thing ended up being you accidentally oh, wow. elaborate inter- thing, getting all the weapons up you to kill accidentally intercepted the a message to assassinate yourself and you ended up tracking down the dude and beating him up, but yeah. it was so intricate and yeah. hilarious and wonderful. All built up for a joke. <laughs> oh yeah, just a big joke. But the overall story, also we didn't talk about this either, is just the sheer dramatic action sequences like motorcycle chases down subway not subway down sewer systems and elaborate car chases where you're battling people on the the back of semi trucks and straight trucks lots of uh the game has its uh all three games have their set pieces this huge drama uh the big boss fights usually most that's what that's where kwame 2 kind of suffers most of the big boss fights and zero in kwame 1 uh, most of the big boss fights have unique heat actions that are unique to those bosses. For a specific boss, or like that boss has a... I'm not going to spoil that. No. No. Kiwami 2, the, uh, the the pseudo Takashi's castle. We have to run through and all, through all the booby traps and the end, the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that for people. But that... Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, Kitty so, was a man. So a lot, yeah, a lot of the yeah, a so, manly man. So that's the best part of that. I say kind of kind of lacking in Kwame too. But uh, there's so many because you meet everybody. Of course, the major people you end up the ones that you end up fighting other yakuza, other major yakuza are so dramatic, and they like Blake said they'll they'll grab their they'll grab and take off their jacket. They don't they don't they don't burst no buttons. Everything comes off perfectly. The jacket and shirts come off perfectly, and you see lots of a. Uh, higher ranking Yakuza that have uh, tattoos on their back. There's ones, sometimes there'll, there'll be a big important guy you'll fight multiple times throughout a game because that's just the, where the plot yeah. line's going. Some guys that really, really don't like Kiryu <laughs> and get their butts kicked by him so many times. And not even that, there's like, besides the, the Japanese Yakuza, I think there's like Chinese triad. There's a couple of other... Not as big, I mean... But there's a couple of other... Mafia, not mafia style. Well, yeah, mafia style, like family. To the point, I think you even fight some mafia. Like, there's some like Italian mobsters visiting Japan, and you fight. There's, it's all these different. Yeah. And there's street gangs and stuff that are trying to elevate themselves to become yakuza. There's so much like stuff going. Like, they're filled to the brim of just culture, reference, style, story. Mm And fun. Yeah. And I I look forward to playing the next ones. Yeah, the next ones are coming to uh, Game Pass relatively soon. Uh, even the, we worship Phil Spencer quite a bit on this podcast, like every Xbox gamer does, but he got Like a Dragon to be uh, to launch on Game Pass and be uh, a, uh, a year, I think, a year. Limited of a, exclusive, time exclusive. And optimized it for the Xbox Series X. This is driving me insane because I didn't finish this thought from earlier, and I think this will probably be the last thing I do about the story. But then I do have some cool, random facts I want to talk about. Is yeah. we spoke earlier about time differentiations between each game, mm-hmm. 
We never spoke about how long it took us to beat two. Oh, yeah. Because uh, for zero, it was roughly about 120 hours. But we were experimenting and trying everything out. We were now streamlined, and I tackled Kiwami 1 in about 23 to 25 hours. And then it was almost double for Kiwami 2, ranked in at about 45 hours, 48 hours. Yeah, you're still avoiding certain things, like not yeah. playing the video game, not playing the mini game. I wanted to say that because I was thinking about it. It's like, oh, I bet someone who was listening to that earlier in the podcast may have been like, you didn't finish those thoughts. And I wanted to finish that thought now. Probably, probably a lot of thoughts that don't get finished. I know. So, yeah, so we're, uh, there's a way more story than that. Obviously, the Yakuza's are known for their story and all that fun stuff. And there's probably some people who love the, 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 the politics and that kind of drama, but I'm, I'm, I'm really in this and for Kiryu and we, Goro. We briefly did speak about it, is we're pretty sure when we did the game uh, Shinmu, way back in some of the early episodes. We mentioned, we mentioned it, yeah. I'm pretty sure Shinmu was an inspiration for Yakuza, with the, but not to the extreme. Like, I'm not getting involved in these people's gotta, lives well, like see, you would in Shinmu, but you are talking to them and creating some Shinmu, story. I don't know the time frame. Shinmu came out on the Dreamcast, and the Yakuza started on PS2. That's the same generation. I don't know which one came out first. I don't either. It's not. It's not that important, yeah. I guess. But one of them, I would say, and they're both Sega. There's probably some crossover of development team. Yeah. I would. I would think. I don't know. You know, without there's, there's no time right now to dig into it. Like really, there's no. There's no time. <laughs> what I do know, that uh, the same. Actually, I think Shinbu came first, because mm-hmm. I do have a note here. That is, uh, like I said earlier, that many of the voices and faces and stuff are modeled after real people in in Japanese culture. Sometimes it's just their voice actor, but modeled into the game. They've mm-hmm. done that. And it says that the uh, a gentleman named Yu Suzuki introduced the 3D scanning technology back in 1998 for Shinmu. Mm-hmm. So I think the, they were using the technology. I think Shinmu came first. And they're using that based off that. Cool. All right. I think we had to we'll wrap, wrap up that up. part. So you just say you have a bunch of... Uh, I have just some kind so of random said, cool facts. It says cool facts on the board, so... Yeah, I'll kind of plow through these. If you... As much as we love Yakuza, Japan definitely loves Yakuza more than the best like Western release like does. It's just now getting a good... like. I like think, people have always been buying it in America... I feel like it's getting like the Kiwamis have helped it get it, like it. It's something like getting. Oh, like, I think with zero, I think zero is what really brought it together because that's what a lot of things I talk about was like, it didn't make a huge splash in, in the Western stuff. That's why they stopped doing the English translations and stuff. I think only one had English, maybe two had like English voice yeah. acting, but I think they stopped doing that because it wasn't popping over here, mm. and they really and they, I don't know. I'm going to kind of plow through these a little bit. It's with with the first Yakuza. They they were a pre-order bonus. It started out and it was a uh, it's a magazine slash book. And each book cover was usually one of the cabaret girls, like their live act, action model, mm-hmm. uh, or live, the 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 real person, not live action model, but the the real person would like do a photo shoot, and then they would be the cover of each of these books. Yeah. And so they did, it was only a pre-order bonus in Japan and you only got these books and it came with like, you know, behind the scenes stuff about the game and the actors and stuff like that. Just kind of like, 
but with the, the, these books were with one, two. Kinzan, which is the uh, the feudal era Japan samurai version. I want that so Kinzan, and then they went on to do the uh, same thing. The pre order bonuses for three, four, and zero, and then a special one that uh, Ryuga Gotoku Gotoku didn't develop, but Sega did as well. I didn't find the partner, but it was called Koro Korohayo, the Yakuza game. And it was for the PSP only, and they did two of them. And but the the, the main team wasn't involved. Well, they, they they sort of were, but I think they were working on like Zero and other stuff at the time. It was just a PSP version, mm-hmm. but it doesn't even follow Kitty at all. It follows some other young punk who's a gang member who accidentally gets involved with Yakuza and then gets and it, 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 well, the actual word Koro Hayo means uh, Black Panther. Okay, and so you play as like a young kid. He wears a jet black like tracksuit with like yellow stripes down the side, and he you know he ends up accidentally killing someone while beating him, getting money, and that person ends up being a member of Yakuza family, and he has his own whole sub story, not sub story, but his whole two games on the PSP. Oh, and they call Yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you said. Yeah, Kurohayo. I so think I'm pretty. They call Yakuza Kurohayo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, well, it's, I guess uh, we along the same lines. Uh, Yakuza is not called Yakuza in Japan. No, it's called. It's, it's too on point. It's literally called Ryu Gagadotu. Yeah. Gagotoku. Like yeah, like a dragon. Like a dragon, yeah. People didn't think that, uh, I guess uh, when the publishers in America didn't think Like a Dragon was a good title for a series of games, so the Yakuza was more on point. Yeah. Uh, more poppy, I guess. The name Yakuza. So the games actually aren't called Yakuza in Japan. Mm-hmm. So not only do they have books, they haven't done it since Zero. But they had literally a, a custom magazine with four as a pre-order bonus for all those games if you pre-ordered it. Yeah, we have. Um, oh, it's over, are you going to talk about? Like, we we have two still books so far. We have Kwame one and Kwame two still books. I don't talk about those, but okay. I have a few other things. Because so, I pre-ordered uh, before I even played the games, I had pre-ordered both Kwame one and Kwame two for uh, get their little still books. Now again, I think this comes all the way with. This comes with with zero with zero, for the western western promotion and western release, they made a, it's called like a dragon prologue, and it it takes uh, Nishiki Kiryu and Yumi, and it's what it's a forty three minute uh, long video of what they did on their last couple of days at Sunflower before being recruited into the Yakuza. It's, it's a, a live action movie. A live action movie. The actors, mm-hmm. and it's, it, 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 it was put out by Sega Europe. And as far as I can tell, to this day, you go to Sega Europe's website, and it's uh, four chapters, and it's just free. Vod, it's a video, video on demand or whatever. Hmm. And you can watch. It's forty three minutes long total, and it's just like what they were doing, leading up to like the start of Yakuza Zero, like. Wow. You know, they cover, it's forty three minutes that well, covers. I wonder it. how well the casting was because I forgot. Figure uh, I worry about a. Uh, I'm so used to uh, Kiryu's voice, even Japanese voice actor and Majima's voice actor. It'd be like I yeah. couldn't hear somebody else's voice at this point and think of it as the same character. And yeah, and in 2007, two years after the original release of Yakuza One, they made Like a Dragon the movie. Really, it's a live action movie, uh, based entirely on the story 
None of the subs. It's only the story of Yakuza One. Wow. And it came. Like I said it came out in two thousand and seven, and it was it got an American distributor and came over to the states on DVD in two thousand and ten. So we can find it over here somewhere. But I think I'm pretty it's sure it's called Yakuza. Yeah, or like it's like a dragon. Who knows? And uh, as recently as September twenty fourth, twenty twenty, there have been talks of a new film adaptation of the original game. Uh, well, of making a because we're so far into the story now, they can make a couple of movies. They want to make an ongoing mm. thing, yeah. and it's going to be entirely produced by Sega. And I think that with the uh, honestly, I think with the success of Sonic the Hedgehog movie, I think that's what made them want to do it. Because Sonic made money. It made a lot. I think it was probably next to Detective Pikachu was yeah. the best video game adaptation. Yeah, that could be much more interesting than Sonic would be. Oh, yeah. But I think the I think Sonic's success helped them push for Because it, like I said, it's September. And Sonic came out like what? Last was, year. Yeah, 2019. I think it was like May 2019. So I think once the worldwide money numbers came in, I think they were like, well, let's see. And Yakuza's growing success over here has made it more more yeah. likely too, I imagine. And the one, two last things. One of them is called, it's a it's a webisode. It's web TV stuff. You only find it online, but it's called the Kamarocho Kaba Jiao TV, and basically it's just behind the scenes uh, audition tapes and like just kind of silly stuff where all your cabaret girls. It's just a, about them. <laughs> it's literally about them. Every cabaret girl that's appeared in Yakuza gets a, 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 a their audition tape, quote unquote, and then like some background stuff, and then like their likes, dislikes. It's just like a little webisodes about each girl in so the cabaret. Like they use the real, real girls for that too. Yeah, real actresses. And that's a thought that was kind of funny. But I mean, not only does it uh, focus specifically on the cabaret girls, it does profiles, auditions, like I said. But it also relates to other aspects of the game and world. Like one of their clients may be one of the higher up members of the Yakuza family. You get a little bit of like intrigue of like what's going on in the world, stuff like that. Yeah. Cool. And now since uh, I think September two thousand and eight, I, I, I it's hard for me to find out a whole lot about this, but it's a radio drama. That's entirely done by. Uh, Takaya Kurada, which is the voice actor for Kiryu, and Hidanari Ugaki, the voice actor for Majima, and they do a radio drama. And just them two, or they have a whole it's cast. It's just them two, and they do a radio drama. From what I can tell, it's gone three seasons, and it's all. I think it's still at the time it was three seasons, and they did. Uh, it was called the. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? The Kamarocho, well, it's called uh, Ryu Gagadoko Presents the Kamarocho Radio Station, is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's the two voice actors just doing a radio drama. And it says that all of it has uh, been put into podcast and they've added more to it since. Yeah, it wouldn't do us no good, though, because we Japanese. don't speak Japanese. But anyone who is fluent in Japanese can listen to the basically the Kiryu and Majima show. On podcast form, and it's the, it's the two voice actors. That's awesome. Yeah, who do it? And one last thing: in most renditions, like uh, like I said, with the uh, the the radio, TV, uh, and all that stuff is, and they do a lot of I think cons. The vo- 
anyone who's the voice actor comes back and they continue to move forward in other games. Mm-hmm. Like if their if their character, uh, you know, Yakuza people die. So if their character dies, they still bring that character back to do something else. Maybe do a specific sub story or, hey, you look a lot like this guy I know type thing. So they try to keep giving their people money. And one last thing is a 10th anniversary thing. Uh, April 2015. 10-year anniversary. Uh, they did a two-and-a-half-hour stage play of the Yakuza 1 story. Gosh. It's a full-blown production with costumes and gore and everything. Heat actions. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they tried. Because they you know, they use a, like so some wire tricks and stuff, but like I saw one of the stills and th- there's lights and everyone's doing dancing. It's a stage play, so yeah, there's music. All that's on YouTube. It is, but it's all in Japanese. It's two and a half hours. I think people have been. I wonder if there are subtitles too. I almost watched it without subtitles. I don't like, think that there are subtitles, but I've, I've been reading that people have been uh, creating their own. Like okay. fans have been Fan creating team, their own yeah. subtitles for it because they want to share it with people. Yeah. But you can find it, I think, on YouTube. I'm curious because that's going to be the first play I ever watched because that sounds interesting. I mean, that and I've seen like Sound of Music. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But that don't count. But th- those are just some of like the last of like the cool, <clears throat> cool facts. It's like Japan loves Yakuza. It is a huge hit. Yeah, of course. It, it helps that uh, it ain't, and, and we'll say on the end here that it's, it's, it's big in Japan. It ain't just big because it's Yakuza. It's in Japan. It's, I think it's big and it's popular. It's growing popular here because people are finding out like, it's really, really good. good. It's really entertaining. It's really fun. It's very and the best thing about it and people you, you don't you don't get a lot of this so much these days. I think uh, people praise uh, maybe Persona along the same lines is that its localization is incredible. Yes, like localization is usually pre- is pretty hard. Uh, and games have a lot of dialogue. And like Persona had a lot. People say Persona 5's localizations spot on. Like it gets it gets across. There's been so many famously bad localizations, like uh, Yeast Eight had some real bad. That's ones. That's so bad they had to redo it. Yeah, they apologized for and, it and redid it um, for but, free. But localizations immensely important with the Jap- with, with the Japanese to English uh, English game, and uh, Yakuza works because their localization team. Is, has to be incredible because there is a not only for the main story but the amount of uh, there's non-voiced text and stuff to yeah. the sub stories. There's a lot of words and a lot of writing at the sub stories. If they weren't trans weren't written well to begin with, and then localized well, a lot of these sub stories wouldn't it wouldn't work. I, I didn't take note of it, but I remember it talking about localization. One of the I forget his name, but one of like the leaders of the localization he made a crack about how like how accurate they they were told that they needed to be. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he left. He's like, because I remember, the guy was like, he was talking about it, and but the quote was, he's like, I remember one of the things I had to do was we had to translate and write out, he's like, I wrote out 34 pages of Mahjong instructions. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 34 pages of Majan instruction explanation to be in Japanese and then translated it to English and then gave it on. He's like, yeah. 34 pages. On yeah, because yeah, it wasn't voiced. Um, Do you want to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll get so I think, uh, I think we did pretty good. There's, there's just so much game. And doing, 
we'll see if anybody says anything to us about uh, was doing three games a bad idea because there's still we have the rest of the series we'd kind of like to do and talk about eventually how they change. We haven't played any, anything past Kiwami two yet. Yeah. Uh, maybe people write in. Maybe somebody talk to us and tell us if uh, they feel like uh, we didn't do enough justice to the three games. There's just there's just so much. I don't even know because uh, we didn't touch I, on Sultan Bori all that much either. But Sultan eh. Bori is just another town where a lot of the two rivers, and it's like a little bit on each side of the river. Yeah, it's it's just, two it, It's really no different. It's just another map. Technically, I mean, it has its own thing. But it's really just another map. Yeah, it has a huge river that runs through the middle of it. But you're doing the same thing. The same sub. You're doing sub stories. You're punching yeah. people. You're doing the same. It, it, I mean, yeah, we kind of we kind of kind of diss Sultan Bori, but. It's just another, another, another map you go to. Because you go there, but the main focus is Camarocho. Camarocho is where all to the... To the point, the judgment head. takes place in Camarocho. Yeah, you probably go to Sotomori. <laughs> probably, who knows. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's finish up and do this. Um, So we'd we like to know if people think. I know that um, this is just a coincidence of timing, honestly. Uh, I've been listening... I listen to the Kane and Rinse podcast quite a bit, and they're actually doing the... The Yakuza series right now, as a whole, I've only heard their Zero podcast, but but, but Ken and Rance, they do whole games in one podcast. Well, no, that's not true. Majority, when they do a series, they do a whole game in one podcast. And uh, I've only listened to the Zero podcast so far, not the, not the Kiwami one yet. I don't know if the Kiwami one's out, but... Uh, but they're more of a they're more of a, de- a de- really deep dive uh, more than we do pop podcast. We like to we play. Granted, they play a lot of games too. But we play so many games that we have, we we almost feel like we have to do multiple games in a podcast. Or whether y'all want it or not, the podcast would be forever because we if we did one game at a time, yeah, it uh, it would just be ridiculous. I I don't know. But anyway, Each episode would also be half as long. No, I feel like we could, we would make them just a, 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 <laughs> like two hours be, about one game. It, I mean, uh, again, Katie Rinse episodes are two hours on one yeah, game. It's true. Um, it just depends on the game. We would, if we were doing one game at a time, we probably would do a lot more research, and then we'd really deep dive into lots of different things. Uh, though interesting, I think people just want to hear about gameplay and graphics and stuff like that. We like developers and stuff behind the scene we like that kind of stuff but i feel like on the uh, as a, a podcast that might people might zone out when we start talking about voice actors and other and co- what the companies have done beforehand people don't kind of like how we talk about movies and directors people don't people don't i think it's niche that people follow that kind of stuff Likewise. people people think that uh in the real world gaming world people think uh uh that, that activision and ubisoft and square and uh that they uh, EA that they really develop everything, and a lot of the time, they just own the people who do the real developing. You, yeah. you don't know all this, all that kind but, of stuff. Like, like for for Yakuza, Sega's not making these games, but their name always shows up first. Yeah, but they publish the develop they yeah. you know developer who makes all these games. It's just it's just another layer of stuff we don't want to really get into. But anyway, if anybody has anything to say, you know, comment on our facebook page or anything like that or uh write into the two smoking controllers gmail let us know what you think there will, it'll be a long time before there's another if we like we like the way we'll, we'll, me and bike will talk off podcast if we like the way this felt and stuff like that it'll be a long time if we do another three yakuza games it won't be until we've played the next three games before we do another we'll yakuza do three four and five and they're they're just now coming out they're not out yet but they're i think they're ju- they've announced them to come to game pass so uh I don't know. We'll talk about our own personal stuff after, like, like 
after all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to wrap it up, um, at the end, uh, during the credits of uh, Kiwami 2, yeah. there is uh, some really cool Japanese rock that plays. And I was like, this is dope. I like this. And I waited in the credits to try to figure out who it was. And we actually found that it's a, it's a legit band. They don't just do Yakuza music. They're a legit band that just happened to have a song that it was put it put into. I don't know if they were requested or... I think they were requested if they wanted it's, to make music for Yakuza. Well, well just a song. To. Or just... Anyway, yeah. we come to find out the band has wrote other songs for like anime and stuff like that too. But they're a legit band outside of anime and video games. They're, not, they're just a legit band. Been around for a while. Yeah. A band called uh, it shortened to SIM. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't. We're, we don't know a lot about the band. We know the band's the short name is SIM. People, people might call them Sam. I don't know, but Ooh. SIM is short for Silence Is Mine. Uh, it's a really cool. We call them a Japanese rock band, but they hit a lot of genres. You can listen to one song because all all their stuffs on Spotify. By the way, you listen to one song. And they they hit like five genres in one song from like yeah. reggae, ska, rock, deep deep metal. Yeah, because I can, they're classified genres. They are classified. Yeah. As alternative metal, new metal, post hardcore, metalcore, ska punk, reggae rock, and dub punk rock. And all of that, uh, you, you think we're exaggerating. You'll hear a song, they will do all of that in a three-minute song. They will, yeah. Yes, they will. It's wild. It's They're, they're fun. It's it's just a fun, you're just like, I want to hear something cray-cray, and this band does it. Now, the song, I don't think the song that that, that they did for Kiwami 2, I don't know if they did, I don't even know if they even did the song. Is the song for Kiwami 2, or they pick a song that they just put into Kiwami 2? It's four. It's for it's Kiwami specifically two. for Kiwami that's, Two. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Because uh, like, song, even when you look it up, it's a single. Yeah, it's not. not it's, not, it's not on any not album. On album. It's specifically right. for right. Kiwami Two. Yeah. Uh, so that we we found them. It was a cool to find of and 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 to stumble upon a band. Now they're granted across the Kiwami, uh, across the Yakuza series. There's a lot of Japanese music, and a lot of uh, Yakuza is just rock and roll, man. I mean, even in the, when the eighties and two thousand, the, yeah. the, the general Yakuza soundtrack is pretty much just rock and roll all the all the time. I'm gonna play. A, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to do a mix of songs um, just, across the thing, but like really, they're just it's it's loud and stuff like that all the time. Just in, for the general, even the the regular OST for the game, the the original stuff that's not bands is still. Yeah. But they have one, two, three, four. They have five actual albums and it appears to be three EPs mm-hmm. and, all that on Spotify yeah and then they have a couple of non-album singles which are I'm assuming they're like opening or ending songs to like animes and other video games because they've done that a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, it's two bigger ones one being called uh, Rage of Bahuma or Bahuma's Rage I think it's an anime and video game and they did both renditions like yeah. And then another anime called like Crows. Hmm. They I did. Know. I wouldn't know it all. Me either. But one of the things I wanted to bring up is I love the out al- the name of their most recent album, the one that came out literally June twenty twenty, and it's called "Thank God There Are Hundreds of Ways to Kill My Enemies." <laughs> I was like, "That's, <laughs> that's a great, weird. that's yeah. a great title for a CD." <laughs> I yeah. love it. But uh, they see and they're. They seem to be real, real fun. They're they're 
they just seem to be the not the epitome. They just seem to be a bunch of dudes just having, having fun. fun. Their music is just super fun. It flows. Like I said, it changes styles like mid song and then changes back. It might change st- a style two or three times, but it flows really well. It's not just jarring. Not jarring it is yeah. a very good flow. Yeah, it's cool. Um, so we're going to play, uh, I think Blake, we, we listened to a bunch of songs, but Blake decided uh, it was kind of best to go ahead and just play the song from Kiwami. Yeah. Kwame 2. So we'll play that song on the end. Uh, I don't know if it's the best representation of the cray-cray of this band. I said cray-cray a lot this episode. Like maybe, you know, because it's just so cray-cray. It brings it out of me. People hate when you say cray-cray. I don't know, bro. Cray-cray. That's easy. <laughs> Let's not ruin this on the very end here. Um, so uh, forget, I, I don't I don't know the name of this. The song just called A. It's called A slash The Sound of Breath. Sound of or breath, a so, sound of breath. So the song, it's like it's kind of like that thing where it's like two songs on one track kind of stuff. So this will kind of go around, up and down, all around. I don't think it shows the. I think this is more of a folk, more of a focused rock song than it is yeah. uh, the rest of their whole everything else they do. But really cool song. It's I think it's the one that got my attention and maybe actually looked them up. We rarely find anything cool like this when we, when we play uh, video games. But uh, we'll, I'm gonna wrap it up here with that. Uh, we'll say again. We'll thank. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. We 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 are happy to have listeners and stuff like that. It's kind of the whole point of podcast, I guess, is to have this to share the share stuff with people. Uh, again, uh, look us up on Twitch. We are going to we are we are, the idea is to keep Twitch every time me and Blake are playing a co-op game. We're going to try to Twitch every time we play a co-op game together, which we have a lot of co-op games lined up currently. Code Vein. And we have a few other things. We've played a, we just really just missed out on a lot of Twitch stuff we could have been doing over the past, yeah. the, the life of this podcast, a lot of other co-op games we've played. Um, we should have, we should have been twitching the entire time. We're just not Twitch people. We're not screamy, screamy YouTube people. You know, uh-huh. we're, we're just not those kind of people. So it's really, really just, if you want to see us, uh, see us playing, play, see how we play games and how Sorry. we, how we, uh, how we how we co-op games together because me and Blake really only co-op together. Uh, we're not really big fans. So we've tried to play other games with other people, but me and Blake have a pretty good mindset of how we focus and how we play a game together. Um, in the future, there are other things I would we we curious to talk about. There's other there's big online games that we could uh, if people on the podcast wanted to play with us. We we all were always sitting on a. Dead by Daylight, I think, and stuff like that. Uh, the Friday the 13th game, we could play with multiple people. And big, big thing coming up is Back for Blood. Yeah. Uh, we were huge fans of uh, Left for Dead back in the day, and the developers coming back with a spiritual successor. Uh, the same company, they just can't They just can't have the Left for Dead name, so they called it Back uh, Back for Blood. It's it's literally Left for Dead 3. Uh, it'd be super fun if anybody... Well, it's not out yet, but when it comes out, if anybody from the podcast... We'll post about it and stuff like that. We'd love to have people come. Uh, I'm definitely we're, we're going to play that. That's for sure. We not, may not be great at it anymore because I'm not as fast as I used to be back in the Left for Dead days. But anyway, that's me rambling. I'm going to wrap up. I'm going to play the the song on the end, and I think uh, let Blake have his final thoughts. I do have one brief thing. They've done some cool stuff, like I said, with other bands. And uh, there's these special, a tribute album by Japanese music artist called the Nevermind Tribute Album, based off Nirvana's Nevermind, where a bunch of Japanese bands did a cover of a, a, a one song off the album. And they also did a cover of the Beatles' Come Together. Mm-hmm. 
And I was looking right here uh, in 2014. It's on. It's only on the Japanese edition of this CD, but Skindred off their album Kill the Power, they did a song featuring, uh, I think it's their bassist uh, named Ma, M-A-H, on a song called Re-Education with Skindred, but only on the Japanese release of the album. Skindred did a song? Well, they did a song featuring their bassist. It's, uh, it's called Re-Education, and it's only on the Japanese version of Kill the Power. Okay, we'll we find that. We haven't done Skindred on, the pod- Skindred on the podcast yet, but it could come up in the future. Yeah. Anyway. I, saw, I, was, I just noticed that when I was slipping through there. I was while, like, while I was rambling. Okay, yeah. uh, that's it. We're going to play the song uh, A. Slash The Sound of Breathing. By the band uh, or the sound Silence of breath. is Mine. Yeah. And Blake, you want to do your wrap up there? Any, any other final thoughts, too? If you want to. Um, I don't really... Well, I, I, if I keep talking, I'm going to go on another rant. So I just want to end... With, uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, good evening and good night.